3: Miami Hurricanes and ESPN are coming to your city this Saturday. If you live in Louisville, Kentucky, that is. But ES- ESPN's game day show will be in attendance as the Miami Hurricanes travel north to face the Louisville Cardinals in what will be a very significant game in the ACC race this year. But even more significantly, the Hurricanes will be returning to the big stage of a Saturday night national television audience on abc it's a great opportunity for the program to reclaim some respect across the country with a quality performance the hurricanes also returned to an obviously scaled back top 20 this week with the ap poll placing them at number 17 and the coaches poll at number 18 so big opening win against alabama birmingham big game this weekend at louisville the Canes back on the national stage. We will talk about all of that and more as we get you ready for the start of the 2020 season with this new edition of Cane Sport Live. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of CaneSport.com. And we welcome you once again to Cane Sport Live. As always, this is your show. It'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 563-999-3550. That's 563 999 3550. We have more than 100 open phone lines, plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. If you've been with us before, you know the drill. You want to come on the show, you hit the number one on your keypad. That puts you in the queue to come on the show, gives us the signal. We bring you on in the order that you land on the queue. So uh, 563-999-3550, and you hit the number one on your keypad. We once again ask subscribers at canesport.com to post the topics and questions that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show, and we will address them tonight during the course of this show. All right, so quite a bit has happened since we last met about eight days ago on Canesport Live. I thought the season opener against UAB went about as expected. The Canes won 31-14. There were some ups and some downs, which are typical. Of a season opener You have to be excited about what you saw From De'Ara King He didn't throw the ball as well As he will probably need to as the season Goes forward Certainly beginning this Saturday at Louisville But he had a good completion percentage At 15 for 23 But had just 141 yards through the air King did add another 83 on the ground And he was absolutely electric running the ball And he showed a knack for making big plays out of nothing. And more than anything, he's going to be fun as heck for all of us to watch as this 2020 season moves forward. You have to be equally excited about the three-headed running back position, where Cam Harris, Jalen Knighton, and Don Chaney all looked very good. Harris had 134 yards, averaging 7.9 yards a carry. Knighton had 59 yards, averaging 6.6 yards and Cheney had 52 yards with a 6.5yard average. So they essentially were interchangeable, and that would be a signal to everyone that that position is in very good hands this season. We would have liked to see the tight ends and receivers get the opportunity to do more in the passing game, but imagine that will be a bigger emphasis this week with the offense figuring to need to score more points against Louisville, with Louisville's own offense. Being extremely high quality the offensive line had some problems particularly on the left side and you've seen the coaches make an adjustment by inserting jakai clark into the starting lineup over ausman Treor at left guard but john campbell also will be looked toward to play better this week at louisville for sure the defense had some good moments and some bad i think as it pertains to louisville you have to be concerned with defending the cardinals outside zone running play Miami's going to load up to try to make sure that happens, and then the secondary is going to have to hold up against Cardinal quarterback Mikhail Cunningham and his supporting cast of skill athletes. It's a very intriguing matchup, worthy of the national stage that it'll be played on. Louisville coach Scott Satterfield inherited an absolute mess last year from Bobby Petrino, but is one of the best offensive coaches in the country that nobody really knows. In addition to Cunningham, who had 2,065 passing yards and 482 rushing yards a year ago. The offense also features a quality running back in Javion Hawkins and speedy wideout Tutu Atwell, who comes from the 305. He had 1,276 yards receiving last year with 12 touchdowns. There's the expectation that Louisville can and will score a lot of, a lot of points. The Cardinals put up 27 last year at Hard Rock Stadium, Felt like they had a bad day. So it's a, a reasonable expectation that Miami's going to have to score in the 30s to win this game on the road. The Cardinal defense is continuing to retool around coordinator Brian Brown. Despite allowing 52 points to the Hurricanes and a huge day for Jaron Williams last season, Louisville improved the defense by more than 10 points per game on the entire season and more than doubled its sack total from the previous year. There's a Juco transfer at inside linebacker by the name of K.J. Cloyd that they feel has made them better up the middle. He brings a physical presence. Um, Noseguard Jacob Goldwire and fellow inside linebackers C.J. Avery and Dorian Etheridge are considered all ACC caliber players. The corners expect to be better with a gifted newcomer named K. Trail Clark. So Louisville is going to be a tough out. I don't know how great they're going to be on defense. We'll find out Saturday night. But they're going to be a tough out and without question one of the swing games of the entire season. All right, so let's go out to your calls, see what you guys think about it. The number is 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. You hit the number one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. And it looks like tonight we're gonna to be starting in the nine four one. I believe that's my main man, Mike Sir Kane. Welcome back to Kane Sport hey. Live. How you doing this evening?
4: Hey, great, Gary. It's great to be back. Woo!
3: Yes, sir. I recognize uh, you your number. How you doing tonight?
4: Uh I'm doing well. I'm a little beat up from uh working today, but otherwise I'm good. And uh let's get the show on the road here, okay? So All right, anyway, go ahead. Go for it, was, it. It was a great, yeah, it was a great game uh, last uh, Thursday. Um, but I do have some concerns about uh, this this Louisville this Louisville offense. And I'm going to tell you, years ago, I coached a receiver that was similar to Tutu Atwell. Okay, he was our alpha guy, our uh, go-to guy. His last name was Griffin. He could stop and change direction on a dime. Well, Atwell reminds me of him. Only he was faster than Griffin was. That was the kid I coached. And we gave headaches with this kid with our with, for opposing defenses. And I've watched Atwell close up, and I'm telling everybody right now, this secondary will be really, really tested. That said, I believe the best way to slow him down defensively is to try to get in Cunningham's face and try to disrupt his timing, you know. If not, it's going to be a long night. But the real best way, keep them off the field, get first downs, keep our offense out there, and continue to get first downs. That will keep them off the field, Gary. That's how I feel about that. Well, and
3: go ahead. You know, it's going to be interesting because obviously Miami's gone to an up-tempo approach on offense and um, they, they need to have success and hold on to the ball. I mean, you, you, you want to lim- limit the snaps that Louisville has in this game. There's no question. Uh, they're going to be very hard to yeah. defend. They put up a lot of yards on the Miami defense last year, even though it was not one of their better games. So uh, I, I expect them to have equal success this year. Uh, you know, I thought the Miami defense yeah. was a little uneven and uh, yep. this is going to take a total team effort, Mikester. There is no doubt about it. It's, it's like it's weird because Louisville is certainly not one of the you know top five, ten teams in the country, but they're in that next tier with the Canes and uh, yeah. are very da- they're very mm-hmm. dangerous, no doubt about it.
4: Right. Well, DJ Ivy, he's got to really be on his toes because they're going to really test him. And I've watched the uh, DJ Ivy too. You know, I was at the, the Georgia tech game right in front of me. I was in the three Oh, the three one five section. And I still remember it. He got burned on that fake punt. I was watching it. The guy got behind him. You know, well, he got burned again with that first, that uh, first touchdown. Of course, you know, Pope fumbled the ball on that, on that particular play, you know, a couple plays before that, but still, I, Ivy's got to really be careful,
3: well, not just ivy, I mean you know Al blades has to be careful i th- I think the safety's got to be on top of their game um certainly the, the, you out. know the, they're going to go after the linebackers they're going to find ways to go after the linebackers for sure you know with that with that position being in a state of flux um I don't think anybody mm-hmm. gets a week off here Mikester. I, I really don't. I I think this is this is as dangerous an offense other than maybe Clemson that we're going to play this year.
4: Right, right, absolutely, absolutely. So, anyway, uh, what's up with the uh, recruiting? I he- I heard that uh, you're predicting a uh, a 2022 strong defensive end is going to is going to commit to Miami soon. I saw that on the message board or something.
3: Um. I'm trying to think who you're talking about. That wasn't me that posted that, so I just look and see what you're talking about, unfortunately, because <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, um, I don't know of an impending commitment, at, you know, personally at the at the moment. Um, yeah,
4: class of '22 I can't remember his name it's off the top of my head.
3: All right, I'll take a look. What but, else you got? Uh, I mean, they got a they, well, they got a basketball commit last night. If you're if you're confusing that. Oh, um, oh
4: yeah yeah i saw that one i saw that yeah. one um but uh well here's still hoping for a good season bud all right so i'll let you get going and uh get some other colors on the line here oh those two guys gonna be uh with us tonight uh what's his name the 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 voice of the fans is he gonna be bruce, on bruce yeah he'll be
3: on yep he'll be on later absolutely well, tell him
4: tell the 941 Mike Stercane says hello to him and all the best.
3: All right, Mike Stercane, <laughs> Thanks, as always, for, right, get, for getting us started. Have, ha- right. have a great week. Take Give care, us a call Gary. next – we'll be on Tuesday night next week. Give us a call. Oh, yeah. You bet. All right, 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. I get a kick out of Mike Sturcane. He's a funny dude. Um I'm not sure about the 2022 commitment. I'm trying to think uh, that, that he thinks is coming in the next 24 hours. I'm going to have to do some research on that one. But uh, we'll try to, if, if that is something that's active, we'll uh, try to bring it up here in the near future. Uh, let's go out to the 786. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Jerry,
5: my friend, how are you?
3: Hey, what's up, everything? How's there, how are you doing this week?
5: Uh, doing uh, phenomenal, man. How are you?
3: Doing great, doing great. Um, I thought the opener went really well Like I said uh, it, it wasn't perfect, but the thing that I Really, really liked was that it was a real Football game, and I, I like those kind of games So much better than playing the Junk garbage games that we play all The time, Bethune, FAMU we, This year it would have been Wagner too I mean, I just think you get so Much more out of a real game, and if it, You know, you have to be able to win it Like, you can't be losing to FIU And can't almost lose to Central Michigan Like last year, but this was great this week because they had to respond and they did, and they won going away. And I, I think the coaches really got to know their football team a little bit.
5: I, uh, I think their identity is yet to be established, but we, they took another step in that direction. Um, a good friend of mine uh, who's, over, who, who is in, who's still in Kansas, uh, he said to me, he said, you know, Coach, I really feel that if you guys don't have Derek King you lose that game Thursday night. I agree with that. And at first, at first, you know my orange and gle- green uh, sunglasses. You know my my bath You know that that takes over, and I and I just fall for it and like, no, absolutely not. And then I I just try to go back and look at things and, and, and realistically say, yeah, he's absolutely a hundred percent correct. And I and I just heard you agree to that, and it's still it's still concerning that um, we don't have more weapons at the wide receiver position ready to go right now. I think the young ones will be coming in, and they'll be brought in slowly. But what you see is an inability of guys to avoid being jammed, guys avoiding being redirected uh, after the route begins, and there's so much there. And, and, I, and I just go back to the teachers that these guys have had over the years, Ron Dugans, uh, the guy we had last year who's now at Penn State, and this is Coach Likens now is their third coach. And I'm, I'm just wondering, at what point do they, these kids just go ahead and say, screw it, I'm just going to go attack? And we're waiting to see that, Gary, and it's still very frustrating. I don't know if, if, if you can uh, relate to what I'm bringing up here, but it's something that, to me, is it's just disappointing as a whole.
3: You know, I'm kind of torn on this because I'm not convinced that we have a great receiver on this team. And when we get into a game like the other night and you don't see the receivers making an impact, you don't see them really getting separation, uh, you don't see them actively involved in the game plan, uh, it kind of confirms that a little bit. And, you know, I just wonder if, and I, I, I said this, I think it was a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about recruiting and we were looking at the recruiting class for this year. And I said something that might seem a little crazy in that it's almost like we're taking too many guys from South Florida. And, you know, the Kristen Williams departure yesterday kind of put an exclamation point on that for me. It's like, you know, Absolutely. I'm a big believer in getting kids from out of town. And I believe you can't just take everybody from South Florida. There's not eighteen elite players from South Florida. Maybe not even eighteen really, really, really good, the kind of kids that are gonna help you win the national title. And Well those, you know, guys, don't see, anywhere, those, those well, guys don't I, come
5: yeah, here anyway, Gary.
6: No no. Yeah, no,
3: I I I understand that. And you know, I'm just starting, I just think it's, it's kind of all catching up a little bit. Like, you know, so I believe that we need to go out of town and get players without a doubt, but I believe, and I think we need, we need to go out of town and get, you know, seven to 10 of them every year. Okay. Um, And then maybe get another seven to 10 from other parts of the state of Florida and then get, you know, your last seven to 10 from, from and Broward County. And so when you go to Alabama and you take a kid like Christian Williams and i almost think that they took him because he had been an Alabama commit and no Alabama no Alabama backed off on him and i'm not sure that the evaluation of Christian Williams you know maybe was as thorough as you'd like to see it and what you know to me you can't take a kid from out of state that's just an average player. Like uh, you take a kid from out of state, that kid has to be, um, uh, has to be a starter for sure. And, you know, you look back to the years when Miami was really, really good, pretty much the majority of the kids that were brought in here from out of state, whether it was Ed Reed and Reggie Wayne from Louisiana, um, you know, the kids that came from Texas, you know, David Njoku from New Jersey, you know, you bring in kids from out of state; they're difference makers. They're they're really good players. Um, so that's you know that that's that's one thing I'm seeing. So we've loaded up the position of wide receiver predominantly Dade County players, and they're not getting it done. I mean they're they're just not. I love all of them. You know Wiggins Pope. You know Harley's the hardest working kid on the team probably, but I've always wondered Harley with his size how he was going to be able to consistently compete at this level and it's hit or miss some games he can get open a little bit make a few catches but lots of times he really struggles to get open and I think a lot of that is due to just his size and you know just maybe the coaches could look at that a little bit you know I think they're getting caught a little bit because you know when you're so heavily reliant on South Florida kids and obviously you want to, you want to get the best of the best every year. South Florida is best recruiting area in the country. Yeah, we all know that. But if you're taking the second tier that aren't really going to be impactful players for you, well now you're you're kind of in a little bit of a bind because you know, if they're not playing, they're going to be upset. The community is mm-hmm. going to get upset. And there's an expectation that they're going to be big-time players at Miami when they come here. So, you know, Mark Pope was an obvious take. He was a five-star kid, but he just hasn't been able Mm -hmm. to do anything here. And it creates just a very, very awkward situation, in my opinion, because now you have pretty much all South Florida kids starting at wide receiver, and they're not making a significant impact on the program. And and to me, that's a problem. it's very
5: disappointing you you're bringing up some great reasoning and some justifying well, it's, it's a our big reality. problem
3: everything it's a problem it's a problem it, in more ways it, than one because absolutely. you know the the way the community is is, is going to look at it and perceive it the way kids who come here from out of town who think they should be playing over you know over a kid maybe who they who they might feel you know i mean christian williams left because he was upset he wasn't starting he thought he was better than Al Blades and DJ Ivy, who are South Florida kids, and when you're so reliant on South Florida, I think it's you know South Florida kids, if they're not getting the benefit of the doubt, there's going to be the impression that they're getting the benefit of the doubt to a kid like a Christian Williams, who came here from Alabama, and so he now he holds <laughs> now now your your depth is thin as ice at cornerback you got receivers that aren't making impacts, you know, hopefully that'll change here as we go forward, but it's not looking, you know, if if they weren't dominant against UAB, uh, you know, it's hard to imagine they're going to be dominant the rest of the season. I mean, you're going to have to get something out of them and you're going to have to have, be able to make plays to the wide receivers. I just think it's a, it's a, it's a very, very tricky situation right now.
5: Well, you know, with that, what boggles my mind is a kid uh, who's earned a scholarship. He was a walk-on and he's getting reps to start because he's earned it. And we, we have this mentality that Manny has and we start with Greg Rousseau. We've seen it in other positions where certain guys, if it's a tie and it's an older guy or, you know, or a lunch bucket guy, he gets the nod over the younger kid. That is just starting and there's no explanation in my mind. I I watched the game film about three times. I've watched Louisville's game with Western, which talk about a deceiving score. But anyway, and you see that we make the same mistakes, but it starts at the top. And you talk about being able to get the premier guys here. Alphas are only as good as what they've proven. The alpha that's supposed to be the head coach, we don't have. And that's why we get second-tier guys. When you get bad mofos like Mr. Cristobal, you lock things down. It might take a year. It might take two cycles. But it won't take more than two cycles. Because on that field and on Green Tree, they're going to go and kick some ass. For the first time, and I've never heard Manny say, we kicked some ass. And it was great to go out there and kick some ass. I've never, ever heard him come out and say anything like that after a game or after a scrimmage, and it was nice to hear. But that's, he's, like, forcing himself. That's not his nature. And, you know, kids follow from the very top to the bottom. And here's my explanation as to an example as to how it's happened. The opponent we're playing, that guy inherited a catastrophe. But little by little, day by day, he changed the culture. The kid that didn't want to buy in, he got rid of. He maximized what talent he had to his, to his scheme and to the kid's skill set. He personalized it on many fronts. But everything starts at the top. So that's an, an, an example of what a real head coach does. Our guy is a nice guy. But he's not it, and he's never going to be it and it's not, I'm not here to go ahead and, and just bash him I'm just sharing what I've shared for years
3: uh, you know, so it's problem not, it, first I don't hire. think it's a bashing thing it's, This isn't a bashing situation this is it's just a, it's, a, it's a tricky situation yeah, I that know. i that, that I think they're in because if 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 one or two of these receivers from South Florida don't step up and become big time players, i mean it's a problem. Wait. It's a waste. It's a waste.
5: And it trickles down to two or three other recruiting classes. But, you know, many years ago when Mike Ruff was hired, I said to you guys, very weird for a head coach at a prominent high school to have two kids, there was a tight end and a linebacker, not even give us a visit. And I said, I used a contemporary term that we have. I said, he's got no juice. And I was humiliated on their message boards, and attacked, and you name it, for those first two years by everybody. And everything I said was true. A phenomenal teacher, but a horrific recruiter. You cannot change your persona as an individual, as a teacher. And on the the practice field and during games, that's one thing. But being able to take a kid, recruit a kid, and convince the kid to come and then treat him like he treats them. It's a very difficult process. That's the reality of college football. I get it. But he's got no social skills. He's got no ability to sell. He's got no ability to give and shower these kids with love and attention. You ask, you ask CJ Henderson what happened, he'll tell you. That, all, that um, Marine All-Star game out in the West Coast Rump calls him out. That was over. I mean, he was still not even sure what he was going to do. But, but that type of persona, it's not working. It hasn't worked, and it's time to make a change. Now, Christian Williams, you might say, well, you know, hey, that kid's a four-star. You know, Bama dropped him. Here's the truth. A&M dropped him. Bama dropped him. That kid was, uh, hey, look, we signed a four-star kid. Hey, look, see, I was able to go out of here and sign somebody. Same thing he did with Isaiah Duncan last year. It is time for Manny Diaz, who's not going to be fired anytime soon, even if we go, you know, two and eight or whatever, it's time for him to cut ties with Mike Rupp. I love the guy as a a coach, as a teacher. That guy belongs in the NFL. You want to know why, Gary? Because it's a business. Mm -hmm. And and, and that's the mentality you're supposed to possess at that level. Not at this level. Today's kid is, is... is so used to being tailored to, catered to, everything. You know, he doesn't understand what he needs to do with these kids. You want more proof? Not even being able to get these kids, not one of those kids in Sertain's class, not one came here. And Sertain's no doubt one of the best corners in the country right now, but not even Tyson Campbell, who's you know, next, next year type of quarterback. He wasn't able to get either one to come here. And what's even worse is, when you talk to Patrick Surtain Sr., the other guys in the community, Willis McGahey, they'll tell you, Rump has been their primary coach to develop them when they were little kids, from like the age of 12 to like 14, or 11 to 14, he helped develop those kids, and he can't get them. So, time to make a change there, Gary. I'm sorry, you're giving me an explanation as to why our offense isn't good, why our or play Americans aren't what they're supposed to be. It starts with who you have. A guy like T Rob, I promise you, would, would not have lost all these kids from Palmetto, would not have lost probably all those kids from Heritage. You've got to have the ability to recruit, to wine and dine, to shower kids with love, to make them the epicenter of your reality. If you don't do those things, today, today's kid needs to have that to be validated in many ways, but also to confirm, hey, I'm critical to this program, and he doesn't do that. He's never done it. He's never going to do it. Now, moving on, I'm watching Louisville for the – this is the third time I watched their game against Western Kentucky. For anybody out there that's thinking, well, Western Kentucky scored 21 points. Look, two were on baffles on special teams. Other than that, Western Kentucky – got like 240 legitimate yards of offense. This defense that we're going to face is smaller and athletic. But I'm talking athletic across the board. So our scheme is now to do what? Spread out, go fast, tempo. Talk about a perfect matchup for Louisville's defense is what we're trying to do right now in offense, Gary. So I'm really hoping that on Saturday, we're running a lot of two tight ends. We're slowing things down a little bit. And we're just running the ball, because right now, what we are good at, and we faced a very a very uh, competitive, well-coached, not deep, but a very good defense is what we faced last Thursday night. So in my opinion, watching all the film that I've watched, we need to slow things down. We need to get two tight end sets uh, as much as possible. You can still stretch them out a little bit that way, but it is critical for us to be able to pound the ball, possess the ball, which hopefully negates them having the ball, and it cuts down on their opportunities. I don't think we want to get into a shootout with these guys because there's no way in hell, Gary, we're going to win.
3: Yeah, I don't think the coaches want to. I mean, if you look at the the move they made this week on the offensive line, um, putting Ja'Kai Clark in instead of Treyor. when you look at Treor's body of work from the opener as a pass blocker, he was very, very good. But as a run blocker, he was a train wreck and really, really struggled. And, and um, I think the fact that they made that change is an indication that they want to run the ball this week.
5: I'm really hoping that's the case Gary. I mean, I know Rhett and all those guys have forgotten more football than I'll ever know. I get all that. But it, it comes down to let's look at who's in front of you and what you're facing and just simple identification of personnel. We are going to have a nightmare trying to stop them on defense we're going to give up at least it's my opinion at least four touchdowns on saturday i'm proud well, they give got four last
3: year and thought they had a bad it. game so you know uh, yeah no doubt about it and i and
5: i tell you i watched last last year's game on sunday um and i noticed that they highlighted every potential matchup on linebackers that they could they exploited that as best as possible. And when I look at what we have this year at linebacker, because, again, Gary, the same type of mentality that Manny Diaz has utilizing, he became the head coach, is still here, not going anywhere, no matter who comes on the offensive side of the board. We've got two young, athletic, second-year linebackers that they need to be playing. We don't need another Greg Rousseau slash Matt uh, patching situation. Sam Brooks needs to be playing.
3: Well, he now, got beat out however, by Bradley Jennings. That. I mean, I mean Bradley Jennings beat I mean, him out.
5: Gary, Gary, Bradley Jennings cannot move vertically. When you see a dog chasing the car, that's Sam Brooks. I need that against this type of defense. Now, mm-hmm. that might get us on some redirections and some counters, but let me tell you, B.J. is a thumper. That's all he's ever going to be. Okay, so the, the kick in uh, New Jersey is pretty much that as well. They don't move side on the sideline well. They don't move well in small spaces. They just don't. I mean, one, one, one big run, there was a hold against UAB. But watch Bradley play. And when I heard on Monday how great he played, I'm like, am I missing something?
3: Nah, it was very so-so. You know, the coaches aren't going to say then, anybody didn't play great. I mean, they just, that's just not what coaches do. No, but yeah, it, not
7: it, it,
5: you're not supposed
3: but it, to do that. It, but it,
7: it was very, it was, so,
3: it was, it was so, so.
5: And McLeod loved McLeod as a kid. Met him once. Loved him. Very articulate, smart kid. Uh, <laughs> loved him as a kid. He is not what we need at weak side linebacker. He can't cover anybody, Gary. Wow. I mean, this is this is this is sad that we're going to do the same thing we did last year with Rousseau. If Rousseau's a starter from day one, I don't want to hear that he had back spasms. That's bullshit. Okay, that's them covering their ass. Rousseau should have had twenty four sacks or twenty some odd sacks last year. He got seven snaps against Florida and got a sack and a pressure. I mean this you earn you earn it and then whoever earns it gets it. That's bullshit. Who's my best fucking player? Well I'm looking at the case? um You're the pro starting. football
3: focus grades and Bradley Jennings had a 43.2 in pass coverage and Zach McLeod had 54.1. I mean, that's pretty bad. That's not good at all. Um, Horrible. average is, is about 64. So, um, and,
5: and, and I'll be fair, Gary PFF, I got two, I got two former, former uh, players of mine. They, they break PFF down here. So I, I listen, if you don't know scheme, you know, there's a, there's a, there should be an, a margin of error of, a, of at least a plus 10, minus 10, to be honest with you. Let's be fair because you don't know exactly what scheme you're in and what situation you're in either. So they don't get it always right. But, you know, in the neighborhood, in the ballpark, I understand what you're saying. But the point is that they are not athletic enough to be in those spots right now.
7: Mm-hmm. And they're
5: going to get exposed early on Saturday. So either Manuel figures it out or it's going to be another underachieving year for this program, which yep. he is responsible for. Well, we're going to find out
3: As Saturday. This, this, is a, this is a swing game, believe me. This is a swing game, no doubt about it. If, it if they lose this game, it's going to be another, you know, three, four, five loss year, just middle of the pack ACC.
5: How, how many days until we see the first decommit after we lose Saturday?
3: I don't know. I'm, we're not going to get negative like that. But uh, th- 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 this is a huge game. Let, let's see what happens. This is a really big game. This is a statement game. We're going to keep our
5: fingers crossed,
3: Gary, but yep. we, don't,
5: we know who we really are. You and I really
3: know who we are right now. Yeah. All right, everything. We'll talk to Gary, you Gary, be, well, be well, my friend. Go Kings, man. You got it, man. All right, 563 999 3550. 563 999 3550 is the number. You hit the number one. On your keypad, if you want to come on the show, we're going to do a quick check-in with our managing editor, Matt Shodell. Matt, how are you doing this evening? Well, it's been a busy evening, but, uh, but yeah, I'm managing. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're all busy. Uh, Mike Sterkane came on at the start of the show and, and said he, he he thought he had heard some whispers that there might be a 2022 uh, commit on the horizon here in the near future. Um, I was trying to think who that might be. You You have, you have any thoughts on that? Yeah,
8: it could be anybody. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, exactly like yeah, no. you, you have no <laughs> idea how many kids tell coaches they're committing and then don't commit. I mean, that's what's funny, you know, when these rumors come out and oh, this kid's going to commit, that kid's going to commit. Yeah, I mean, they actually, some of them do tell coaches they're going to commit or they do commit and they don't make it public and they, they don't send it out for days and then it never happens or, you know, I mean, I you, you try to deal in the real world because recruiting will make you crazy. I mean, you know, we've mostly been doing this for over 20 years covering recruiting, so. Um, could there be a new 22 commit? Yeah, sure. There could be, but, uh, you know, we'll just keep monitoring it and see what happens. You know, we don't ruin any kids announcements anyway,
3: so everyone's just got to stay tuned. All right. So your thoughts on the opener against UAB? Um,
8: yeah, I mean, I thought Miami played okay. It's just so hard to tell. I guess it came like UAB, um, You know, I know UABs have been okay uh, for their conference the last several years. It's actually been pretty good for their conference the last several years, but they're they're still not a Power 5 team. They don't have anywhere near the level of recruits Miami has. So, to me, it's, you know, while obviously it's not like a bassoon type of deal or, you know, anything like that, um, I think we saw some really good things uh, from De'Ara King. I think it's going to cause a lot of defenses, a lot of problems in ACC play was not impressed at all with the wide receivers. I think I think this passing game may have a lot of problems um, as the year goes on. I think the running game will be the staple and the run game will absolutely have to open up a passing game. And it would not surprise me at all if Louisville's strategy is to put eight in the box and force Derek King to try to win the game with his arm, because I'm not sure he can do that with these receivers, you know? And I hope that Red Lashley saw that the way this offense got on track in the third quarter was when Brevin Jordan came in, and he needs to have Brevin Jordan and Will Mallory in these games together all the freaking time after watching these wide receivers just not get open against UAB DBs who looked terrible in that first game. I agree. Um, I I, I totally agree with
3: what you're saying. I I don't know how, like, Will Mallory, I I think he got, I don't even know if he got one target in that game the other day. I mean, you know, he comes out, he, he had a great fall camp, and then just wasn't involved in, in, in the game. And uh, Brevin Jordan didn't really get involved in, until uh, UAB cut the lead to three and uh, Rhett Lashley kind of flipped the switch there and got a couple balls to Brevin one for a touchdown. Um, but yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I didn't see receivers getting separation. I didn't see receivers really involved in the passing game other than running go routes, um, and things like that. So, uh, I'm I'm hoping that Rhett Lashley was keeping the offense under wraps, figuring that he's going to need it this week at Louisville. I mean, that was the first game in
8: Game 1. They were up by three points in the third quarter. If he was keeping the offense under wraps, then he had his head moving. But but, but Matt,
3: he did. He opened it up. As soon as they cut it to three, he did open up a little bit.
8: Well, he started throwing to Brevin Jordan. They still were running the ball way more than I thought they
7: would
9: the
8: whole game. And I think they're going to keep doing that. You know, I I think that's going to be the identity. I think they're going to run the ball more than they pass it this year. I really do. And I think I can't remember the last time that happened on a Miami Hurricanes team ever, ever. So it's going to be really interesting, you know, Um, we'll we'll see what happens.
3: You know, I was talking earlier um, with everything three Oh five and you know, I think Miami's getting caught a little bit with South Florida kid, you know, just South Florida kids that aren't coming through the way that they need them to come through, and then the receiver position is really the perfect example of that. You know, with with, with Pope and Wiggins just sort of being average players, um, and Harley, you know, God bless him, you know, I said he was the hardest working kid on the team, and he probably is, but his size, I think, just you know, is is an impediment sometimes to him getting, getting open. And uh, so that's three South Florida receivers that are sitting there in starting positions. And we haven't seen a ton of production going back to last year.
10: No,
8: I I don't, you know, and and look, when the coaches said this fall that there's not going to be a go-to receiver on this offense, what that means to me is there's not a dominating receiver on this offense. And that was a big red flag to me was when they kept saying that there's no go-to guy. It'll be by committee. I mean, you want a go-to guy. You know, Brett Lashley was trying to sell it as, "Oh, that's great. We can just spread it around." No, that's not great. You want a go-to receiver because that means you have a great receiver. Uh, they don't have a great receiver on this team. They have two great tight ends, but you know, the other the other thing, um, it, it, it just seems like every game there's just these sort of these these I, I don't know, these lulls on offense, you know, and even on defense, it's just, just it seems like there's not that big play or the excitement, I don't know, you know, like in the in the old days, that's what we talk about. It just seemed like there was always something going on, you know, that sort of had the team pumped up. And it just seems like there's a lot of lulls on, the, on these teams in recent years.
3: Well, D. Eric King bailed it out last week. You know, the, the, the dynamic plays that he was able to make out of nothing kind of saved the whole game, really. I mean, it covered up for all the mistakes, on, even on defense, and kind of had you – you know, leaving, whether you're watching it on TV or whether you were one of the few people at the stadium or whatever, kind of had you feeling all right, you know, it, it was the opener, we'll get better, you know, kind of thing, you know, you weren't in complete panic mode um, after watching that, um, but uh, certainly this week, the ante is up a little bit, and Rhett Lashley is the man of the hour because, you know, we're acknowledging the deficiencies that we see, and, you know, he's going to find a way to put it all together and, and get five touchdowns up on the board. Because I think anything less than that is not going to win the game.
8: Yeah, well, I mean, I look, I watched the Louisville game. They are not going to be a good defensive team again. Um, you know, their coaches were talking after the game, and their players were saying this is a better defense than last year. Well, yeah, it better be better. They were one of the worst defenses I've ever seen last year. They, they made Jaron Williams look like he should have won the Heisman Trophy. I mean, that defense was atrocious. The defense for Louisville is still bad. They are not going to be able to contain Miami. And you know what? Miami's receivers might make plays in this game. I mean, that's how bad Louisville
7: is.
8: You know, the receivers couldn't make plays against UAB, but they might make some big plays down the field against Louisville. Um, They're going to be bust by the Cardinals left and right on defense. The issue for Miami is going to be, you know, holding down the Louisville offense. I mean, it's just such a good offense. And it's really, to me, on the defensive line. I think if Miami's defensive line is as good as we think it is, I think Miami can win this game easily. Um, but that's really going to be the key because, you know, the linebackers I'm, I'm still not sold on. I don't I think they were real good last game. Um, and, uh, and the secondary, the safeties are, are very good, but the corners are a big question mark, um, especially probably having to play a true freshman in this game a little bit um, in Marcus Clark. So, uh, or Isaiah Dunton, I should say. But, uh, you know, with that said, I, I do think Miami matches up pretty well with Louisville because I think, I think Miami's defense is a lot better than Louisville's defense. And I think both offenses are explosive. Louisville would have the edge offense to offense, but I think when you look against the defensive units, I think Miami has the advantage there compared to Louisville against the defense. So I do think Miami wins this game, but, um, but yeah, we're going to learn a lot about the team uh,
0: on Saturday for sure. All
3: right. Before we let you go, your thoughts on how big of a deal is the departure of Christian Williams? Uh, I, I mean,
8: not that big a deal, right? I mean, he left because they weren't using him. So I, I don't I don't see it as that big a deal, um, but...
3: Um, Leaves you with three but, cornerbacks. You know, the
8: cornerback depth... R- R- yeah, y- I mean, don't. look, the cornerback depth wasn't good. We knew that. Christian Williams wasn't good, but if Christian Williams thought he was going to play ahead of a true freshman, um, you know, certainly he should have waited for the Louisville game, right? Because he was probably going to start playing in the Louisville game more than he did last, last game. So he didn't stick around for that, which... I just think he was so buried down the depth chart and so did Scars. He's just like forget it. He took off. I mean, whatever. It is what it is. I don't think Miami coaches had a big had big plans for him to play a lot of uh, real meaningful minutes this year. it Doesn't
3: seem like. Well, he he was um, you know one of the key guys on special teams, so the you know that that'll be a, a loss. They'll have to fill in you know from there. Um, but if they have an injury, a cornerback it's gonna it's gonna be felt i mean if you have to start putting a true freshman out on the field uh early in the season before they can get some playing time and experience it's gonna be uh problematic so um that'll be interesting to watch all right Matt well yeah i'd also, add, add also well, I, uh, you go ahead. Yeah, i'd
8: also add anybody any other recruiting followers on there if they want to look at the Kane Sports site right now, we have a story up on the reaction to the NCAA so like dead period extension. So it's uh, it's interesting. You know, we talked to Terry Sapp, Jaden Hood, got their reaction, how it affects Miami with them. Some of the commits were planning to take visits like Thaddeus Franklin, how it affects him, and, and sort of where things stand. I think this really helps solidify this Miami class even if they do lose some games this year and sort of things go south. So um, bad yeah, news for the they, kids, probably good news for Miami, but that's on the site anywhere. now if people want to check it out.
3: So, uh, right. Yeah, the, 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 <laughs> Miami's all in on the 305 and 954, and you know the 305 and 954 got to start coming through for Miami if Miami is going to commit to to the to the South Florida area to that degree, to where almost an entire recruiting class is going to come from South Florida. So it's going to be interesting to see here as we go forward. Big game this Saturday, Matt, and um, it's you know it's it's going to be fun to just see what this team has going on the road in primetime television. Uh, I I think it's a huge game for the program. Yeah, first real task. Can't wait. All righty. Well, we'll check in with you next week. Thanks for uh, taking a few minutes with us. Of course, of course. Talk better. All right. That's Matt Shodell, our managing editor at Sport, And uh, he mentioned he did just finish that story on um, the reaction of the South Florida recruits to the NCAA extending the dead period. And what that means is that you can't, the kids can't go anywhere. So if you're from South Florida and you can't visit other schools, you're going to take that scholarship at Miami. So that's good. But again, I'll say it one more time. They got to come through the, you know, if if Miami is going to almost exclusively take kids from South Florida, which a lot of people have wanted, you know, they've been losing a lot of kids from South Florida the last several years. And, you know, they've definitely made the commitment to try to get more South Florida kids on this roster. But those kids have got to come through and become big time players, uh, like the old school guys used to, like you know, the the McGahees of the world, the Gores of the world, the Andre Johnsons of the world. Um, Miami's got to got to start getting some some kind of um, performance to that degree from these South Florida kids if they're going to keep taking them in big numbers. All right, 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. You hit the number one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. Let's go to the 305. You're live on Sport Live.
11: Gary, Gary, Gary. Who's this? (laughs) Oh, it's obviously Ross, isn't it?
3: Oh, you're calling from a new number then.
11: No, no, no. I'll give you another hint. Yeah, me I mean, it's not new. I knew weeks. it, it was Ross. Who's imitating you Ross? He recently reinstated me, Gary.
3: Tell me who it is. This is Honey. Hey, Honey, Jesus, have you ever called this show? Yeah. Uh, no, I watch what
11: is, I'm going to do for your ratings tonight.
3: This is your this is your first time.
11: Yeah, I was going to call last week, and I want to talk about the uh, five bold predictions thread. Uh, actually, the article. But I wanted to wait to see one game before I did. But I was going to call last week, and a lot of my original answers have changed to so the worst, uh, and it's not good. Um, just, just uh, I'm not sold on the team. But anyway, the first one: thousand yard receiver and a thousand yard rusher. No to both of them. No. Not a You're saying that this is, this is whether,
3: you, whether you think there's going to be a 1,000 yard rusher or receiver on the Miami game? Right.
11: right, the five bold predictions. But it was a story oh. about nine days ago.
3: Yeah, okay, well, so, I can tell you right now Cam Harris has a shot, don't you think?
11: Uh, no, not even. No? I'll tell you why. There's four guys running the ball Cam Harris, the quarterback, and the two freshmen. Too many. So too the many yards carries. are getting
3: split up too much.
11: Too too much split up, and as far as the receiver, there's nobody good enough.
3: No, no chance. Yeah, I
11: don't think anyone will have 700 yards receiving. So that's going to be a no. You know, um, that's disappointing. But uh, what's the next? What's the next category?
3: The next one. Next one. Next Come on, man, one. keep this moving. Let's go. Line. All right, <laughs> the
11: line will allow fewer than 25 sacks. Mm, if 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 they play 11 games. Possibly, they allowed two. On um, set, so if they play 11 games, I say there's a shot. If they play 12 or 13, they play a bowl game, and that to be ACC title game. There's no chance. They allow two against the worst team they're going to play. So I'm going to No, go. that's.
3: I mean, you know, I don't know how the, how UAB yeah. stacks up to everybody in the ACC, but that's not a terrible football team by any stretch. Like that's a competitive football team.
11: But who do we play? That's worse. Uh, I don't know.
3: Wake It doesn't matter. So what's what's next?
11: All right. Eric King will have a rushing TD and a passing TD in every game he plays. I was no on that, and then after watching the game, I'm yes. I just can't believe the way that guy could run. I mean, he's not as good a passer as I thought, but he could run. And, and that kind of surprised me. But um, I, I think he's going to do it. Number four, the ends will have 10 sack. No, that's not going to happen. First of all, we had one against UAB. And I just don't think the corners, you know, a lot of this stuff is coverage sacks. And um, I don't think we're going to produce enough coverage sacks for them to get 10 each. So I'm going to go no with that.
3: You don't think one I'm of them could hell. get to
11: ten? Yeah, one of them, but they're not going to get ten each. Okay.
3: Yeah, you know, and I
11: think that if was one the of question. them gets to no, the ten, just,
3: which one? Do you, if one of them gets to the ten, which one do you think it would be?
11: Probably the guy that got the one on Saturday, on Thursday, and that would be Roche. Roche, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Ro- okay. Roche, yeah. And um, last, Miami will play every again. I'm going to go yes, and it's what was it's the question dependent a lot on the opponent that we're going to play every game because it depends half 50% depends on the opponent but i have confidence i have faith that everyone's going to do the right thing i, I think the players are more isolated than the general student population well he, here's, what I, th- here's what I think with parties,
3: with these with these two yeah. conferences coming into the game late and starting their seasons in October and then uh, possibly November uh, you might see some things adjusted. Like you might see some, you know, the the playoff games move back a few weeks and things like that, because it makes no sense to not include them in the whole thing. So,
7: um,
3: you know, it might buy a few weeks for the ACC to get the whole schedule in. So, you know, they might be able to go through the whole month of Mm -hmm. December, for example, and, and, you know, have a few uh, flex weeks there at the end to make up games that they have to miss. All right, honey, what yeah, else
7: do you get
11: yeah, for us? It. it could be stretched out, but I think they'll get them all in. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty much done. Don't do not give away my cell phone number on here. Please. Don't
3: worry. We'll not do so. Okay. Thanks for being part of the show, all man. Right. Give us a call again all some right, other time. All right. all right. The infamous honey. Wow. I can't believe he finally broke down and called the show. That, that that really is a first. And those of you that are on our message boards at uh, at canesport.com, you're well aware of uh, who we're talking about here. Um, all right, uh, 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad. If you want to come on the show, let's go back out to the 305. You're live on CaneSport Live. How you doing tonight?
0: What's up there, Gary? How you doing? Who's this? Shmira55.
3: Oh hey Shmira, how you been, man?
0: Been a while.
3: We're hanging in there. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Horse racing kept me through the pandemic. That's all I had to do all day. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, no work, huh? But
3: na- no, no work, no, only play. Yeah,
0: huh? yeah. Well, yeah well, you know, work from home. You find uh, extra time to do some other things. You know how that. Works.
3: But I got you. Uh, what you, know, do you think that? of the opener?
0: I mean, I was actually there. <laughs> Wow, I, went, think, huh? I think I want to say, yeah, yeah. A friend has a gold, is a golden cane. So we sat there. It's it was pretty uh, eerie. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you could really duplicate the uh, environment. Maybe back in the day in the Orange Bowl when Miami would be up like fifty-six to nothing in the fourth quarter, and they would just have like maybe you know three thousand people of the diehards sitting around, and you could hear it. I don't know. It it was weird. It was real, but you know what? Back at the stadium, just happy to be, you know, watching football and everything like that. So, first of all, that's just great. I actually never thought it would happen, and I would have been put a major bet that there would be no college football this year. NFL, I always thought there would be, but it's unbelievable that somehow there is and, you know, was able to go to a game. So, just happy to, you know, be involved with that. But, I mean, you know the first thing that just really shocked me with this thing? How did Miami, and you know, when we're talking about you know South Florida kids and everything like that, and the athletes and how they've kind of programmed a little bit recently, and obviously we know that they haven't been getting the A crop of, of the South Florida kids, so you know Mike Hartley and guys like that are B or C type, you know. Players. Okay, but let me get your I mean, opinion. Me, I
3: I don't disagree with you. Yeah. And um, yeah. and and I want to. Uh, my opinion, my I me, mean, my question is this. Should they take those kids? Should should Miami keep taking the second tier?
0: Miami's done well when they, you know, obviously the Tier A kids, Jerry Judy, and you know, yeah, you got to you got to start
3: getting those kids. We all know that. Yeah, that's 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 a no brainer. But what I'm talking about, and that I'm starting to notice here, is that the second tier it's not always good enough in fact in most cases it's not good it's it's not good enough
0: but the 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 issue is and the problem i have with that is it seems like the tier b and c kids seem to do well elsewhere i don't know why they don't succeed here for instance on saturday you're going to see a kid that miami passed on that's really good for louis right so that's you know, the, so probably England would have con- been
3: considered second tier. So, so the question yeah, is, 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 you're bringing up a legitimate point. So, why is Tutu Atwell um, shining at Louisville, and Mike Harley is just another guy at Miami? Similar, similar type of guys, smaller, fast guys. So
0: can we use another example, of, uh, other than Mike Harley? Because I've never liked him. I, never, no, that's not the right word. I, I mean. I think he's a, probably a great kid. I don't really know him well or anything like that. But he's,
3: I mean, he's, a, he's like so beyond that. a great kid. He's he's, he's a phenomenal kid. He, he's he's a great right. uh, great locker room guy. He works harder than anybody on the team. Um, on the face right. value of that alone, you know, he belongs on the roster. But the, the thing, like I said, that I'm noticing is the second tier is not is is not taking the program to the level that the program wants to go to.
0: 100%. And look at, we could use an example of like a Lawrence Cager who kind of hung around with kind of like a, you know, the bigger school. But he wasn't you know, a Alabama's. South Florida kid. No, no, no. I'm using the the inverse and kind of yeah. was successful here. So you're saying, would you rather take a kid like that or take a a South Florida kid? I, I, I always say take the South Florida kid, to be honest. And Until that theory doesn't, you know, obviously it hasn't worked, but I think this year's recruiting class, you have more of the A and B type kids and not B and C. I'm talking about 2000 and next, you know, coming in, you know, next. I don't think, you know, it's, it's
10: hard to say.
0: I, I always feel say you divert to keep the South Florida kids, just for the hope that when Miami finally does turn the corner, I don't know if it will be in my lifetime, <laughs> which means it probably won't be in yours, but um, uh, that, that you'll start getting the A kids. Because I yeah, but the goal is for Miami by... to
3: turn the corner. <laughs> like, like I, you know, nobody's sitting here saying, oh, geez, I hope yeah. we're good in 10 years. Like, <laughs> you know, the, no, the goal I, is to turn the corner. I,
0: Well, I, I mean, the the main problem, and then you would probably agree with me on this, is why isn't Trajan Bandy on this team? Why is, you know, why? so we're sitting here with three healthy, with three cornerbacks, and if someone gets hurt, you have to go to a true freshman. Why isn't Trajan Bandy there? Because he would have been... Great to fit into this team this year. And, you know, we, and why Why are some of the why is the defensive end like, uh, is it Garvin? Who's the, one, the guy that gets drafted by the Packers? Yeah, Gar- why is yeah he Garvin. Playing so- yeah, why is he not on this team? So when you lose a Rousseau, you don't lose your whole depth. So that's the whole I mean, that I find to be more of a problem than, you know, not always hitting on some of these other players. I, I find just that these kids leaving early just mi- have major holes in this roster that they just don't, you know, they don't really have a chance to really, you know, have the depth to get us there. I mean, I don't know. But that being said, I, but my major issue is how does Miami, I mean, and I'm not talking about the kicking game. I'm more talking about returning of kicks and punts. So normally if you're, if you can't like a Devin Hester, the guy obviously couldn't, get the offensive playbook down. This is obviously many years ago. I mean, you're telling me there's not a better player than Mark Pope returning to return punts and kickoffs for us than Mark Pope back there? Because he's awful. He is, I mean, I, I mean they could keep talking all they want about the potential is there. I mean, the kid, right when he catches the ball, goes right to the sideline if he catches the ball. So that, that I find to be the number one factor. You're, you're never turning the field really around. I mean, Jeff Thomas certainly, you know, was decent. But, I mean, how do you not have someone that – I'd rather see the, the running back, um, the true freshman running back back there. Whatever – um, I
3: don't know. Knight come and, on, Knight? Yeah.
0: And,
3: well, yeah, who knows? I mean, I, I don't know how good he is as a punt returner, so I can't really comment on that.
0: Could he be Could he be any worse than, than Mark Pope? I mean, geez, that kid just doesn't have it. Um, another thing is, I mean, that I found cra- is the linebacker play was pitiful, awful. And they have stiff going out there that really just, I mean, they're thumpers. but I think that caller, I think he was two calls back, would made a good point. He's like, why wouldn't it, I'd rather see a more athletic linebacker play in this Louisville game than these thumpers because they can't move. Those guys just were not athletic enough at all. I'd rather see Sam Brooks. I'd rather even see tough, any of these guys, because the, the linebacker play was awful. Just terrible. But we'll see. I mean, Gary, yeah, we probably have, this, have had this conversation for, I don't know how many years. We could probably if we go back to the schedule 10 years now that Miami has a big game on, on you know, where the, everyone will be watching on Saturday night, and it will kind of be the, how their season's going to play out. And other than that one year, you know, when they beat Notre Dame and Virginia Tech, they normally do not uh win this game. I'm just actually happy they're not a favorite cuz I thought they would make Miami uh, like, you know, a one or two point favorite just to, you know, draw. You you knew they were going to rank Miami because they had to have the rank rankings to, to have the game the prime time. But uh no doubt. But, you know, maybe maybe that will just get a little fire under these guys to get them to play, but normally Miami will probably lose this game by
3: I would say, you know, probably
0: back into like a seven or eight point loss. I mean, it's Well, I mean, this, this is a good litmus back.
3: test. This is a good I test mean, to see if, if this program is better this year than last year. What do you think? I think the, I think the Eric King makes the program better than last year. I think if, from oh, okay. what I saw the other night, I think he's a three game difference.
0: I think so. but how about, by the way, and I'm sure, I think you went over this a little bit. How are the wide receivers that bad or that average i don't even think i don't bad. know
3: we were just talking about I mean, that i don't know i i i don't know but it's a problem it's a big problem you know i mean my my guess you, was
0: they were trying to save brevin jordan and they didn't want to show too much and that's probably why he was only targeted yeah, but like you're three not or four hiding times.
3: but you're not hiding anything what are you you're not you're not hiding everybody home. knows about brevin jordan
0: i mean so then he should have had 15 targets last game because the, the wide receivers got zero separation. I mean, they were they were single-covered by guys that looked like me, out, like a safety that looked like me out there, and they, they weren't getting open. So I, 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 the only thing that encouraged me that, that I've heard since I left that game was Matt coming on before me and saying that he thought that Miami should win a game like this. So, I mean, I was at the Louisville game last year down here. Miami just crushed them. But, I mean, their defense was pathetic, so they have to be better. On the defensive side of the ball, but I also expect their offense to score at will. So it's going to come down to special teams, turnovers, and and you know the the intangibles. And I you know hopefully, uh, last week didn't create any turnovers. Hopefully, the ball will bounce our way because you know every game's going to be fifty fifty. You know that this isn't this yeah. team's beat. They're
3: okay, but you know. All right, tomorrow, oh, I tomorrow we'll give it give, give us a buzz next week and let's yeah, see what happens.
0: Uh, it's good that we're back, you know, having this conversation. Things it's awesome, are getting a little and it, better. It's great
3: great to have football back. I will talk you to you next it, Tuesday Gary. night. All right, yep. I'll speak to you soon. Have a good one. You got it. All right, 563-999-3550. 563-999-3550 is the number. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the 202. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight?
12: What's up, Gary? This is Deuce from DC. Hey,
3: what's up, Deuce? How you been, man? What you got for us?
12: All right, man. First of all, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I listened to the show the last couple of weeks, and I, I hadn't called in, but I just got to address this. Every, everybody has their own opinion. I'm all for that. But everything gets on here every week and tells us what we're not good at. He doesn't say any. I think that back. if he says 10 things, 8 things are yeah, you... negative.
3: He's a perfectionist, man. He 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 as just we, he, yeah. I mean he he just lives and dies this, and he's looking for everything to be perfect. And, and I think a lot of people and are. And
12: that's fine. If you call, if, if you if you have a show for any other team, pro or college, around the country, I don't think we'll have. I don't think another fan base had as many people that our fan base has. That's constantly in the negative all the time. I, I kept hearing you, everything, Matt Chudale, everyone keep referencing last year. Right? Last year. Yeah. Okay, so everybody talks about North Carolina and how, how great they are and that's and that's great. They they won or lost games within a seven point differential. Maybe about like six or seven of them. So their season could have went just like ours. If you remember before we had the mail against FIU, we lost so many close games. The ticking was an issue, sacks was an issue, right?
7: Then mm-hmm.
12: you are my man, Gary, but I but I got to keep it real with you. you call no, a, I, I, I don't have a problem with what you're
3: saying, but but let me ask you a question: Were you on at the beginning of the show?
12: Yes,
3: absolutely. Okay, well, I, I mean, at the beginning of the show, I went through all the positives. So well, you know, I talked no, about no, no, the Eric No, King. no, no,
12: no. H- hear me out. Hear me out. You did that at the beginning of this show, but last yeah. week, when when my man Greg had to call in and ask what's going on. Why is everybody's panties in a bunch? Everybody kept talking about last year. Okay, last year, let me me just get this off right quick. Last year, we had a guy that came from Alabama, okay, that was the office of coordinator. That same guy that you called a good football coach never had an elite offense in his life. Gary, he's never had an elite offense in his life. Those offenses in Arkansas were horrible, which is why he couldn't get another job when Bert Billiman got fired. Okay, keep it real. This man decided to put a 17-year-old guy at left tackle that weighed 280 pounds and actually do a play-action seven-step drop where Jaron Williams turned his back. He did that 20 to 30% of the time he called a play. He mm-hmm. wants to run a pro-style system, and what it did was it made the kids look worse than what they really are, okay? Now, I'm not telling you that they're, they're an 11-win team or whatever the case may be. We have good football players on our team. Other coaches will tell you that. What, we're, what, what, we, what we did was we let them down with coaching. Now, let me, let me, let me get to, to the offense, right?
3: I so think you're making a fair point. Everybody's down in
12: the receivers. Everybody's down in the receivers. You've seen the receivers in one game this year. And in this particular game, if you know football, they weren't calling games to make the receivers look appealing at all. They ran the same run play, different variations, over and over and over again. Clearly, they were not showing anything. They wanted to line up and beat UAB. They didn't really care about the score and the glamour. They were just trying to run the football, win, see what they had at O-line. It's essentially a preseason game is how they used it, okay? So they didn't – if you look, Harley caught a, a slant over the middle. No other receiver caught a pass over the middle for the most part they didn't run the routes over the middle. They were running stops and they were running goes, right, and they ran screens and stuff like that. So they didn't run anything to accentuate the wide receiver's talent. And I'm not, I'm not saying we have the most talent to wide receivers. But think about this. Rhett Lashley, who actually had an elite offense in his life, okay, he won't be the running back coach of Cincinnati if, if he doesn't work out here. He'll be calling plays somewhere else, okay? He did not put Mallory and Jordan on the field at the same time. If he play North Carolina or Louisville or Clemson, what do you think is going to happen? You think he's going to have Mallory on the bench? And gonna have a, a Harley trying to get open against. Them. No, he's not. He's going to do what he does. He didn't run any smash concepts. He didn't run any mesh concepts. Nothing. He he maybe called five plays that he didn't really want to call, but he called the game really simple because he. Which we should have we should have beat them at the same time. Gary they switched into an odd front instead of an even front, and the box that we were getting showed. Hey, we might want to run into this box because they were doing everything to stop us throwing deep. So they try to contain everything in, which is why we rush for 300 and something yards. Now, defensively, okay, I agree with some things that everything said. I agree, six needs to be on the field. Eight and 53, not so much. BJ Jennings, if, if you're going to, if it's going to be a smash mouth game, I, I don't mind him being in the middle. But anything that's going to stretch, no, no, sir, can't do it. However, I'm not a Blake Baker fan. They run similar schemes, but Blake Baker's alignment, I don't know if you ever looked at us, when when a team shifts or when a team does anything, we can easily be out-leveraged. You can look and tell what a running's going and you know it's going to be be seven yards apart. If I'm saying this, Manny's saying this. But
7: but
12: he's running Manny's
3: defense. You understand that, right? It's not his own defense. He's he's running Manny's defense. Absolutely.
12: He's not running Manny's defense. He's He's running the same principles, but what he calls when he calls it. Think about this: if you go back and look at the film, UAB blitzed the safety, but they didn't blitz the safety 20 yards away like we do. They woke them up. We we have the slowest delaying blitzes ever, right? So I'm I'm telling you something negative about the situation because I'm not acting like this not there. But this this is what they do. This is what teams do to us. Uh, the gentleman that called before. He said we're not going to get guys to have sacks. No way. Because what UAB did was they didn't push the ball down the field except for maybe two or three times. They threw really quick things that stressed us out because we had linebackers in the game that shouldn't be in the game. So all you need to do is misdirect us and they throw the ball behind the line of scrimmage. You can pick up, you know, little, little short yards. And it's kind of like a bend but don't break with a little aggression to it. I don't like the defense. I don't like eight on the other side. My thing is this with the corners, Gary.
3: All right, but but, you, you but me, let me points, let me let me let me stop you for a minute because you are you're making phenomenal points, but you know th- there is not a single call that Blake Baker makes in a game that Manny Diaz is in on the other side of. So, like th- there is no question that that you know yeah I'll, I'll give you that maybe Blake adds you know some wrinkles here and there and things like that, but Manny's signing off on every one of them and he's essentially running Manny's defense. Now, part two of what I'm going to say is. If you look back at the 20-year history of Manny as a defensive coordinator, his defense was always hit or miss. I mean, you know, when when he was in the SEC, they they, they often felt like they could exploit certain things, just like, you know, what you're talking about right now. So, like, and nothing, again, you know, nothing, I'm not trying to be negative about Manny. I'm just saying that, you know Manny's defense has always been susceptible to giving things up and and you know depending on the offense and things like that so so I don't think you're seeing anything that isn't part of the entire body of work over two decades and I think to pin it on Blake Baker is not really fair not that Blake you know Blake Baker you know came from the Manny tree I mean he learned from Manny at Louisiana Tech um so, All right. you know, not let that he me, would be doing you, anything differently. So, I'm not saying he would be doing anything differently, Deuce, on his own. But I'm just saying that if you're talking about the Miami defense, you're not just talking about Blake Baker's defense. You're talking about Blake Baker and Manny Diaz's defense.
12: Uh, okay, let me ask you this. Before Blake Baker, and you looked at our defense, did, did you see, a difference? Did,
7: do I see side, a difference? did you
12: see any differences? Yeah, the, the the way that we line, the, what we ran schematically, alignment. Everything, did, did you see a difference? Because if you didn't see a difference, you're not really paying attention.
3: If you I mean, I see saw between
12: the two defenses.
3: I saw some we, we mild things a, occasionally, occasionally but but for the same for for the most part, I see a lot of blitzing. You know, a lot of different blitz looks and packages, and and you know that's what the defense is built around, trying to make negative plays. All
12: right. Okay, so I'm, I'm I'm gonna say this piece and I'm gonna get out your head so other guys can get on. So with the defense, it's too cute. You don't need to blitz to safety against UAB. Line up, mm-hmm. play football. Okay. Again, as far well, as the that's corners, been one.
3: That that was one of the knocks that i was just just speaking about that, for yeah. forever. Like, it's, a very yeah.
12: real, it's it's a very real knock. But they shoot themselves in the foot because if you're going to blitz like that, you can't have 53 and 44 in a game. You can only blitz like that with six in a game. You know, uh, you, you might get away with it with nine in a game, depending on how, how athletic it is. But my, my point is, the way defense, it, it, they run a defense, it's it they take risks that they shouldn't necessarily take during certain situations. However, with that being said, they normally give you, outside of games where we turn the ball over, we usually have a chance to win playing defense. I, I, the, the most glaring issue on that side of the ball to me I agree with everything what Rudy said about Rump. Okay. So I agree with a few things he said. Well, Rump is a good teacher, can't recruit, that's bad business in football. My issue is this. We have a six one, well, two hundred pound cornerback, well, 6'1", two hundred pound cornerbacks, and we're playing press bail. Why are you playing press bail? It makes no sense. You're playing press bail, but you want a pass rush. It, the the way that you uh, accentuate your pass rush if you allow your corners to get their hands on the receivers and knock the timing off. If you ever watch, right, we got guys that's always an inch away from getting a sack, but he gets the ball up right when our guys get there. You know why, Gary? Because when we line up in front of the corner, we open our hips and we run because we're playing cover three, right? Ivy, the kid, not starter caliber at Miami. He They have to allow him Great defensive coordinators do this all the time. You have to allow him to play differently if they're going to put him in those situations. He has to be able to put his hands on you in order for him to cover you because the moment he opens his hips, he's toast. He's toast. And he actually played decently against, against Louisville. So going forward, my issues are I, 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 I like a few of the linebackers. I don't like what we do in our defense with the linebackers that we have right? And I don't like what we do with our corners. And they play a whole lot of zone and they do exotic glitches in zone because they don't believe in the corners. But they don't put them in position like Blades, right? Blades got, got completions on him last game that any corner would have gave up if they did what he did. But most corners aren't going to give them much cushion, but that's what the defense calls for. So all I'm saying is I don't agree with them schematically and I don't have to. They get paid to do this for a living and obviously they know much more than, than I know. But the look, fans aren't stupid, and the look test, it doesn't pass it. Going forward, though, it's a culture on, on this show, Gary, where every week the team we play is the 2000 or the 99 Rams or the 94 <laughs> Niners
7: or the 85 Bears. Okay? So
12: let's just get this straight. We play in the ACC. There's no team on this schedule that we can't beat, with the exception of Clemson. But Clemson can get got, to. North Carolina proved that. Pittsburgh proved that. Syracuse almost proved that. They can get that, too. So, stop acting like these guys are Superman And and just because they're playing against us. Miami gets everyone's best shot. So, there, there's been games where kids came through and killed us next week. They don't have a catch or a or run or a or, or tackle. You know, so I need us as fans, when we call this show, to stop acting like these teams are all world. You called uh, so many coaches, good football coaches, and – I understand that that's your opinion, but what wins I, – I just don't agree with everyone being uh, the, the offensive coordinator last year was not a good football coach, period. He's a running back coach at Cincinnati. He, he, he's not a good football coach. Everybody that we play against isn't a good football coach because they're playing Miami. That's all I'm saying. And every time I cut on the show, I'm cringing listening to everything. I cringed last week listening to Matt Showdale. Greg had to call in and get on him because he's he scared to death of everything. Matt said, let's not play the season to keep recruits. Come on, man. This is Miami, okay? If, we, if we're worried about UAB, then there's a problem. The common denominator last year, when we lost games, Jaron Williams played for both teams. With the exception <laughs> of the North Carolina game, he played for both teams. We lost the Virginia Tech game because he, he got us in a big hole, right, we lost the uh FIU game because he kept on it to the other team against Duke and and uh Louisiana Tech. The, the team was checked out because they realized what was going on. The defense was mad at the offense, everybody knows the story. So we gotta we gotta we gotta cut this out, man. This is it's, it's, it's getting out of hand. Every team that we play isn't great. Louisville's a good football team, they lost five games. We beat them. We're on the same page. They can beat us, but we can be. I'm not scared of Louisville, I'm scared of. First, I'm not scared of any team, but teams that where you are, playoff caliber teams. Any other team in the country that's not a playoff caliber team, we can beat them. Not saying that they will, they won't beat us, but we can beat them. We got to stop doing this, Gary. It's getting out of hand. That's, All right, dudes, but a, but,
3: a, but um, I am going to defend one thing. They, they 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 better keep the recruits because nobody's able to visit before the early signing period starts.
11: Sure. So for
12: sure. for you're
11: sure. not
3: going to be able to like expand the target list very easily.
12: Yeah. And, and and I think they will they will keep those guys, but you guys got to understand. Well, well, let me touch on this, and, and then I'm gone. I promise you. You said something about us missing on the wrong South Florida kids, right? And this is just my perspective. I'm all the way up here in DC. I've been a fan my whole entire life. I love football because of the hurricane, Okay, Miami as a community is the most disloyal community to the university that sits in their in their uh, vicinity. I've, I've never seen anything like it. From the punts to the kids to the coaches to the seven-on-seven seven guys to the handlers, it's a lot of disloyalty. And the parents are looking for whoever can come get their son to get them up into the SEC or wherever else they want to go. It's been like that. Before it was the SEC, and all the kids were, were going to Florida State. So somebody has to and, – and I agree with guys like uh, – I remember last year you were talking about maybe Urban, If he would have came down – you, you got to get a guy like that. They change, but Miami kids are on the take. The good kids don't come here because they're on the take, and Miami can't get in that game of who I'm going to pay and who I'm not going to pay. It just it just can't happen. But so if you don't think these other kids are going to Georgia and Alabama because some funny things are going on, you're out of your mind. It's really 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 funny things going on. Miami can't get into that game. At the end of the day, it's going to be up to the Miami community for for. for Them to have their kids show loyalty to the program, especially if they're being recruited. Now they're not going to be if they're not going to recruit them. I understand that, right? But if they're recruiting kids hard and they still go to Georgia, what you want them to do? Tyreek Stevenson, what you want them to do? They recruited the kid hard. They recruited the guy that went to Nebraska, Francois. Hard. He chose to go to Nebraska. You know, it's it's nothing that you can do about that. But I never, I follow recruiting all around the country. You know, in LA, the kids go to USC. Well, if they five and six, we got to win 20 games for kids to come to us. USC can go three for 85 and get everybody they get. That's bull. That's because the community is still supporting USC. And we got to get to the point where things get like that. That's the only way it's going to change. It's not going to change until so those things take place.
3: All right. So that's dudes. it, girl. great, I'm, Great I'm call, man. Great, great points. Great call. And um, hope we'll hear from you again next Tuesday night. Yes, sir, man. All right, man. Great talking to you. All right, 563 999 3550. 563 999 3550 is the number. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. My man Deuce had a lot of great opinions, I thought. Very opinionated guy and had his thoughts very well together. Now let's go to another guy that always has a lot of opinions, and that's uh, the voice of the fan, Bruce Warner. Uh, Bruce, welcome back to Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight?
13: Hey, uh, that guy was great.
3: Uh, I he mean, was great, um, wasn't he? Maybe you ought to yeah. have,
13: have him on the show every week.
3: That guy, Deuce, was on point with, on a lot yeah, of stuff. Ho- ho- Hopefully he does come on the show every week. I thought he was awesome. Yeah, I never heard him before. Have you? you see, yeah, yeah, he's been on before. But he, on he knows his shit, man. He knows what he's talking about. I'll tell you that. Yeah, he
13: does. And especially when it comes to why uh, these guys are going to Bama and Georgia. Not because they're not winning, but the other reason, he said, is, which is true. It is what it is. And he's not wrong. And a lot of people want to say it doesn't happen. Or they want to turn a blind eye to it. It is happening all over the place. Anyway, so um, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, let's do Christian Williams. He was beaten out by Couch. He was close to getting beaten out by Dunmore. He, is, he did not really bust his ass. And it shows. And that's why it doesn't seem like it's that much of a big deal to the staff that he's not here because he really wasn't competing as hard as they wanted him to. And that, that seems pretty obvious. Don't you think? Yeah,
3: well, 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 it is a big deal because it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's, it's yet a another recruit. It's, well, and it's yet another recruiting fail. I mean, right. you know, I gotta be honest. I mean, the, the, if you look, and I don't know if you saw our uh, state of the youth series that we did before the season in the summertime, but we go back and we analyze all the, the last five recruiting classes I mean there was a pattern there and it, it was it was it was a pattern of Christian Williams's every single year um you know kids that were that that are taken that were improperly um, evaluated and you don't go to Alabama and get a defense, uh, get a cornerback if he's not going to come in and be better than what you're taking from Dade County and and he wasn't better than DJ Ivy he was not better than, than Corey Couch who was from Broward um You know, he he just wasn't. You know, and he wasn't better than Al Blades, who's from you know Broward County. So, you know, to me, that's a recruiting miss. I'm like I said earlier in the show. I'm 100% all about going out of state and getting elite football players. But you can't go out of state and get average football players.
13: Well, and if you're six and seven the last couple of years or whatever the record's been, you're not going to get those elite players. It's just not coming. They're lucky they got a lot of these kids so far from South Florida that are committed. The pandemic definitely helped. But, you know, and I was listening to Deuce talk about the recruiting, and that, that's something that you harp on constantly but i gotta figure you know something they never really had five star recruits and four star blue chips that are almost five star back in the day But they had what they had was they had jimmy and a great staff they had dennis in a great staff and they had butch in a great staff and ever since butch has been gone look at the records look at the coaches look at the staffs and that's it's kind of telling they've had some pretty decent players in the last 16 17 years not all-stars but they've had those same types of players on the rosters before and they busted their ass and they played hard and uh, you know they came off probation when Butch was there. So I'm not so convinced it's the recruiting that we don't get we don't get um, some of the wide receivers that go to Alabama or the DBs that go to Georgia. Yeah, those are losses clearly and I think Rumpf is another story. I like him personally, Mike's a friend of mine. But I don't think he belongs here. And We had the guy on last week who I think belongs here, Roland Smith. But I, I, I just think that the coaches and the staff, and that's what I think is the real problem down here. I, I just don't trust these guys, and they're in and out, and this one gets changed. There's no continuity. And it shows in the record, it shows in the performance, and it shows in the attitude of these kids. I just don't think – maybe I'm wrong, but I think – you said it, and I texted you, this game Saturday is the springboard game for the whole season. If they can't beat mm-hmm. Louisville, they're going to struggle against North Carolina, Virginia Tech, Virginia, definitely going to lose to Clemson, um, maybe struggle against NC State, I don't know, Pitt. You know, those are games that are very similar to Louisville. Not the high-powered offense, but Louisville's defense isn't so great. So if they don't win this week and they look bad doing it, all bets are off. I have no freaking idea what the record's going to be. None whatsoever, because there are, there are gaps and holes in this team that I'm not real sure. We've seen, like this, the wide receivers. Um, I can tell you one, I did find out, I know for a fact, that they were not prepared for UAB's blitz packages. They did not show any blitzing in the first game It wasn't on film. They were totally caught with their pants down, and it took them a long time to figure out what to do. Obviously, getting Reverend Jordan involved was big. They were running the ball, but a lot of those runs, those kids busted tackles and did it all on their own. The offensive line was clueless when it came to what they had to block and who they had to block when they were blitzing like this, run or passing down. They didn't care. They were coming after King. So um, I hope that these guys look at the film and figure out what they have to do um I, I, as i said i think they have to make some adjustments why wouldn't louisville do the same thing uab did i mean
3: a- answer me what why would oh there's they no doubt the and line? and and, gotcha. and there were, and there were some some of those outside zone running plays where the uab running backs had some cutback lanes that they missed so there's no question that they're that they're going to do a lot of the same type of stuff. And they have oh. a much more wide-open capability of being explosive also.
13: Oh, yeah. And last year, you know, they looked – it was scary. I know the final score was a kind of a blowout, but it was pretty scary there for a while. And, and I think it's going to be the same. Miami cannot fall behind in this game. Cannot. They have, They cannot – arm tackle or just throw shoulders they got to wrap these guys up and bring their asses down they have got to seal the edge how many times did the uab guy turn the corner and get 8 10 12 yards on a running play because no one's there 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 was nobody there so i look at what i saw the other day and yes i'm happy they won was i impressed not really i was not impressed at all i wasn't impressed with king's throwings he missed guys although again he was under constant pressure within a second or two of the snap. Uh, they should have used the tight ends more. They should have had them both, and I agree with Matt, 1,000%. And they also should have thrown, They should have thrown some flares to the backs, quick outs to the receivers. Get those guys off the line of scrimmage. I didn't see that either. So I'm thinking to myself, is this guy really that smart? I don't know. But I think this week we're going to have more answers than we had the other day. It was the first game. I get it. I'm not throwing him under he, the bus, but that yeah, was pretty and, obvious. And, and, they were stacking and we, I don't that
3: think box he and they was, should have got rid of that was, ball. Yeah, I don't think he's rolling the whole thing out on opening night. Like, I really don't. I, you know, I think that, um, you know, he's got a game two week here where they figured have to I, – I say five touchdowns. I think they're going to have to score in the 30s to win this game. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So um, they, they have you know, to
13: win special teams. Don't you get nervous when you see Pope back there? He's too frail. He dropped that ball. He got hit. Uh, I don't. Every time he, he gets the ball, he got starts to turn. Like, he I goes backwards. I, he, and...
3: he barely got touched. Yeah, yeah and then I on know. another return, he almost ran in the end zone.
13: Yep, yeah, he was like at the two-yard line before he maybe turned the corner. He, I don't want him back there. I think whoever else was back there. I don't want I don't want Knighton back there. He's got enough issues running the ball, catching the ball, and blocking. So the last thing they need to do is put Knighton back there because he's learning so many things on the offense. He doesn't have time for that. So this guy's been around a few years. you got to find somebody. Even if it's someone that's going to fair catch it, I don't really care. I just don't want to see him back there anymore. Kickoff's yeah, I'm not one sure they have turn. a pure returner. Yeah, They don't have any of that stuff. That's another thing. With all the speed that they should have, where's the return game? So, anyway, um, so I was talking to uh, a bunch of the guys, you know, talking about the DBs. And, again, this Deuce guy brings it up. I talked to Dwayne Stark. So um, they got to jam these guys. They have to. It can't be just turning and running back. Because and, and Blades got caught three or four times on slants, and he was always a step or two behind. One time he actually got his hand in there and knocked it out, but he's still being beaten across the middle. So don't you think Louisville's going to see that? Of course they are. They've got to jam these receivers, mess up the timing in the passing game, and give our defensive linemen a chance to get in the backfield. That's critical. And two, we've got to see Ford push the pocket. He just can't stand there. He's got to push the pocket. He did not have a good game. He knows it, and I think uh, I know he worked hard this week, so Vera had a good game, but we are going to see a lot more of Miller. We're going to see a lot more of Hunt. We're going to see a little bit of Holly because that kid can get in the backfield. They've got to disrupt Louisville's offensive scheme. They have to. So if Ford doesn't get it done, he's another one. He's a senior. Get him out of there. There's enough young kids that can play.
3: Yeah, I mean, you, you certainly need to find out if they can play. Now, if if they're, if they're not playing them, then that means they're not ready.
13: Well, they're not really ready game-wise because they haven't even had any real – they had three scrimmages. Big deal. But they're mm-hmm. they what they showed is that what they can do, and if this guy can't move the pocket – look, Ford's got to occupy two linemen, a center and a guard. He's got to because he's not a pass-rushing D-tackle. The other guys are. So he needs to be able to occupy those two guys to keep – The linemen off our linebackers. Now, the other day, the linebackers were getting popped, and that's why the safeties were making tackles. Well, when you see that in a game, there's problems. And it starts, I've always told you, and Russell told us, it always starts in the middle. And if these guys don't do their job on the inside, you can forget Roche and and Phillips and anybody else getting sacks. It's not going to happen. So it all starts in the middle up front. And I'd love to see us really put a smacking to this team and beat their brains out and not just beat them because, uh, you know, they must have some revenge in their mind. But I, And the other concern, obviously, and I I, haven't, I I touched on it a few seconds ago, about King's accuracy. He knows he, had a, he did not have a really good game. He had a couple of easy, chippy touchdowns that he missed. Um, but, again, if these wide receivers aren't getting the job done, I would put in Wiggins, who I think had a pretty decent game, the two tight ends, and maybe if you want to add Pope or something like that, you can do that. But I keep the rest of these guys out of the game. And I do like Peyton. He had one catch, but he does get separation. So I would see these guys
3: in here before, Harley and Pope and the rest of them. But you got to get the tight ends oh, involved because they're a tough match. We matchup. say he gets separation, but I don't think he had uh, – maybe he had one, what, one catch last week? Let me see. Um, he had one
13: catch on the sideline, but yeah. he only had one ball thrown to him too. Yeah,
3: so – and yeah, I don't think I don't think Mallory don't had think, any balls yeah, one, around him. One catch, head. 13 yards. I don't know that we really know if he gets separation.
13: Well, he can't get him the ball if you don't have time. The kid was running for his life. And so and I also think that if you watch the game and watch the replay of the game, King had a lot of those um, – PPO plays where he really should have kept it because he had gaping holes. And I think this week he's going to keep it, and he's got to get those linebackers off the line of scrimmage and some quick passes out to the outside. Remember when they played Appalachian State, and the first five or six plays were all quick outs and got their linebackers away from and we blew them out. And I think the same thing has to happen this Saturday. They've got to create some plays where they can get some quick you know, get the guys off the line of scrimmage, and then I think we're going to run the ball. I kind of think it's going to be in the reverse. I think we're going to throw quick passes early and then run it. I don't think we're going to try to run it because they're ready for that. Um, but we still have to control the clock, and we absolutely can't make stupid penalties
3: like Wiggins kicking a guy. Um, you know, Things like that are just so You know what bothered me the, the most year. about that, Bruce? Um, I'll be honest with you. You know what really bothered me was not just Wiggins – kicking a guy like that, which obviously is, is not very smart. He'd get taken out of the game. Like, like, you know, which tells me that once again, you know, we don't have the the level of discipline that, 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 you know, you need to have, like how does he get to stay out there after kicking a guy on the sideline and getting a 15 yard penalty? Uh,
13: I think it was their sideline, no less. Yeah. He was, that was just really stupid. And, and you know, and these bonehead things, these guys, the coaches, the coaches, the coaches, they have to do it. They have to fix it. I mean, you know, it, know it goes back
3: to last. Like I, I, I think back last year. How, how is Jaron Williams allowed to go play against FIU after breaking curfew the night before him and partying? Like, how is that? Like, like, like you, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, there was he didn't belong out there. Like, you're. I, I hear you. You're, you know, you're, not, you're not, I hear you. I'll you know, I'll make it real clear
13: football. to all the listeners and to you. I'm telling you now, I said it last week, I'll say it again. I am very concerned about Manny Diaz's ability to coach this team. Very concerned. I don't know. I love what he does in the offseason. Those kinds of things are great. Kill, but kill if he doesn't, offense. I mean, if we play poorly on Saturday, poorly, like we're capable of, I think all bets are off. I don't care if anybody thinks he's not. He is coming back next year. I don't think. I don't know. You can't yeah, have another six, seven, no five,
3: six season. I mean, he's well. We'll talk about that if we see have a record. But I see no way Manny is not the coach of this team next year. Okay. Well,
13: I disagree. I think if he loses the team and they just don't play well in any of these big games, and it's the same issues and the same problems keep cropping up. Um, that's not good. I mean, I don't know why this Williams kid left. He got beaten out. But if you can't convince this kid to work hard, then I guess he doesn't belong at this school. But a four-star kid like that, you just can't afford to you know, to lose them. I heard he was well, doing really good. In you, know, you know,
3: you can't – if they're not really a four-star kid and they're not coming in and starting for you, you can't afford to take a kid like that from Alabama. Well. You, you know, if you're, if you're going out of state, they must have out seen state which I, which I, like I said, I think they need to do even more than what they do. If you're going out of state, you got to bring difference-making players in. You yeah. got to, you know, yeah. you got to bring in David Njoku's, you know, you got to bring in Ed Reed's Reggie Waynes. You know, those are the kind of players you bring in from out of state. Yeah. Well,
13: um, and and the other thing about Rumpf, I know we're tired. Everybody's saying he's a really good coach. Again, I know him really well. But when I see a guy like Ivy, he he was not beaten on that touchdown. He just never turned his head. And that was an epidemic a couple of years ago with not being able to turn your head. And why is it still continuing? He's the same coach. These guys cannot locate the football that saved their lives. I mean, Blades got, gets beat. He gets in the area, but he's not really playing the ball. Unless it's somebody throws a bad throw like he had. He should have had that pick near the sidelines and he dropped it. But for the most part, these guys are not – they're not turning their heads at all. They're not there. And that's coaching. Yep. All
3: right, Bruce, you got anything else?
13: Nope. Just uh, have a great weekend, and let's have a good game on Saturday. I hope we win. That'll make it a fun show next week, although it's sometimes it's fun when they lose because everybody bitches and complains. But I'd rather win and just be happy about it. You know, that's what I'd rather say. Uh, yeah. So ab, I hope ab, they win. Ab, I'm not predicting absolutely. them to win. Yeah, I, say, I say 38-28. Something like that. 38-31, maybe.
3: Just, who who, don't who's having thirty eight? Who's gonna have the thirty eight? Louisville. Louisville. Right.
13: Don't trust Manny yet. Not yet. I'd love to say next week I do, but I don't
3: right now. This is this is where Manny's gotta prove himself. You know, this is yeah, a great op- this is a big opportunity for Manny to you know, to win a game on national T V at night, prime time, um and sort of get the program headed back in the right direction. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, and have a few All more right, of these uh
13: and have the turnover chain come out again so the whole country sees it and everybody's going to be watching it. So that'll be nice. I would love to see that happen.
3: All right. Well, All right I'll we'll talk to you soon. next week. Um
13: Okay. Take care, Gary. You got Bye-bye. It, yeah.
3: All right. 563-999-3550. 563-999-3550. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out to the 845. You are live on Kane Sport Live.
14: Yeah, Gary, how you doing?
3: Hey, what's up, Greg?
14: Good.
3: You're later than usual this week.
14: Yeah, yeah. I wanted to hear these warriors again this week. Uh, <laughs> by the way, we're I'm looking saying, for perfection. <laughs> yeah, we're looking we're
3: we're we're looking for we're looking for signs that the years of misery are coming to an end.
14: Okay. I wanna start off by complimenting that guy Deuce. Yeah, he was awesome. Yeah, so many points were great. I Mm -hmm. want to refute one of uh, Bruce's comments. He said he was worried about the Louisville game last year. We were up – we put 52 on him in three quarters. What the hell is he talking about? We had six touchdown passes. D. Wiggins looked pretty good last year against Louisville.
3: He did in that game, didn't he? But where has what? it been? Where has it been week to week? Is the, is the question? He looked like an all pro in that game, but why? Right. But why is it? Was that just a like a flash? You know, where is it week after the week after terrible
14: week? Terrible quarterback, and terrible offensive line last year. You're going to tell me you obviously you don't think we we tried to score as much as we could last
3: year,
14: I mean, last week.
3: right? Oh, I think we tried to score as much as we could. I just don't think we opened up the playbook. In the
14: fourth quarter, we, we ran every play up the well, middle. Well, come at on. that
3: point, you're running out the clock. I mean, come on. Like, I'm not talking about okay, the last fine. half of the fourth quarter, uh, you know, when the game was in hand. But up until that point, I I do think we were trying to score. They, ran, they were running the ball a lot. It was very effective. They had 340 yards or whatever uh, running the ball. Um, what they didn't do is open is open up the the passing game playbook.
14: Okay. Now I'm going to, I'm going to read you this quick last year, Louisville 35, giving up against Notre Dame 35, Florida state 39, DC 59, Wake Forest 45 Clemson 52 Miami 34 Syracuse 45, Kentucky, Come on, that defense is
3: horrendous. You better have a good offense, huh? And yet they won, yet they, they won uh, what was it? Uh, yeah, they nine, won eight games. Eight,
12: eight
3: games, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, okay. Amazing that okay, they won eight I games my, with a defense like did, that.
14: Right. Last last week I, I predicted 42-14. It was 31-14. I'll give you my prediction this week. Four. Forty-five,
3: twenty-eight. With who? Okay. Who's
14: gonna have the forty-five? Well, Miami's gonna have forty-five. All right. Okay. Next. Next question. Next comment. What kind of fan base does Miami have? They can only draw eighty-one hundred people to that game. Well, what, what, it, what else did they? It have was to a throw? night. It was
3: a night. It was a night game against UAB. There was going to be no tailgating allowed. You have to sit in the stands with with, with masks, um, and you're risking getting coronavirus. <laughs> like, okay. I mean, I, don't, I, don't I mean, mean, you know, it, it, it's like it, 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 that might have that's not going to be appealing to everybody.
14: Okay, okay. It, um, it, it
3: might it might when Florida State comes to town, but
6: at the a Thursday night, night game against like
3: UAB, like I don't know that all those things put into one package is going to be appealing to that many people. And it wasn't, it looked like I, it I don't was know that it was really even 8,100. It might not have been 8,100.
14: Oh, it was less then. Okay.
3: It it might've been. Okay. I, I mean,
14: well, that's what I saw in the ESPN article. Yeah. You know, I the, the official
3: sure. attendance was 8,153.
14: Okay. So next week, you think we'll draw more than eighty-one fifty-three against Florida yeah, they'll, State?
3: Yeah, I, I feel pretty confident you'll have the full thirteen thousand in the stadium next week.
14: Okay. And what is the reason we couldn't have any crowd noise?
3: I think they agreed they weren't going to pipe artificial crowd noise. They did play the, the usual music that they would play, but I think they, they they there there was a mutual agreement by the teams that they wouldn't pipe fake crowd noise.
14: Okay. All right, my next point is there is there any talk of Gurbin Hall moving to corner?
3: Talk? No, but it's to me it's logical. Uh, if there's a safety that's going to drop down and do that at times, it, it would seem like he's the guy, and you know it gives you a chance to get all three of your safeties on the field at the same time. So I would almost expect to see that on occasion. Uh,
14: yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way we could we could have u- used Avante Williams right now
3: well he wouldn't necessarily be more ready to play than these other guys he's not a cornerback i can tell you that i've watched him try to play cornerback at some camps and stuff and he is not a cornerback he is a pure safety and you're not going to see a lot of him until he gets healthy first and then um, you know i mean you going to have you know he's going to have to beat out somebody Alright, let's try the um the eight six five. You're live on Kane Sport Live.
15: Hey Gary, it's James from Tennessee. What's up, buddy?
3: And I don't know, the whole the whole system went uh <laughs> went nuts on me here. So I'm gonna I, I'm gonna try I, t-
15: I, I gotta little two or three times. Yeah. Holy I had to cow, come back man. two or three <laughs> times to get on there again and I was like, Oh shoot, I wonder how far back I was or if I'll even get on tonight or not.
3: So <laughs> that was weird. But, but, yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll try to continue it now. So what's going on you with Jeff
15: Uh Well, this is what I got, bud. Um, I know we talked last week a lot of d- topics and things that I was looking for uh, in the game, and I'm going to be a lot more positive than negative. I mean, sure, should we have won by more? Absolutely, but I agree with – a lot of the points that we're not there. And it's exactly what you've kind of been preaching last year, even early before the season, about where we're deficient in areas. I mean, clearly, more than ever, if you watch that game objectively, and I'm as diehard of a Canes fan as anybody, I will put my knowledge against anybody as a Canes fan. But you look at where we were deficient last week. Linebacker play. And I even talked about it last week, Gary. Thank goodness that we even have Bradley Jennings and McLeod came back, uh, red-shirted last year, and Steed came back from the injury because I don't know where Huff and Brooks would be. Sure, people are talking about the talent and everything, and, uh, but, but they're just not there yet. And it just shows um, how what a drop-off you have from upperclassmen that have been often injured, and then you've got you know, second-year guys uh, with limited or no playing experience, and there's nothing in between. That falls back on coaching. That falls back on the recruiting. We beat that to death last year. Same goes with the cornerback. This Christian Williams guy, I mean, you know, go kick rocks at this point. I mean, you're either with us or you're against us. I hate it for a body standpoint because, like you talked about, there could be injuries, could be the corona, there could be all sorts of things that could affect the depth. And, and once again, it goes back to all the misses we've had at cornerback right now, and it's deplorable. It's absolutely deplorable. So your best players on defense right now, and, I mean, uh, you know, I, I like what I saw at Bubba Bolden last week. I mean, was he perfect? No, but he was, thank God we got him as a transfer. Same with Jalen Phillips, same with Roche. The only couple players that are actually Kane's guys from start to finish at this point that actually showed me something last week were Gervin Hall and uh, Nesta Silvera after I called them out. I mean, what do you think, Gary? Am I off by saying that when I looked at the defensive performance? And on top of that, I hate the angles that they take. We talked about wrapping up in tackles. I mean, you look at the angles that our guys take, they're out of position all the time. And it's like, what happened to the fundamentals of football that Arcane's defense was known for in the past?
3: Well, I don't think, you, I don't think you're off at all. Uh, but, uh, I mean, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. There was no spring practice. Uh, So they just had fall camp and, you know, with the coronavirus and everything, I I, I think, you know, you're, you're limiting your full contact, full speed work a little bit. So they're figuring to be a little bit of rustiness from a tackling standpoint. And I think angles could certainly be included on, on that list. But um, at the same time, there are some clear deficiencies on that side of the ball this year. And I said before the opener, and I still maintain this, but I think the bigger concern on this football team this year is not the offense, but the defense. And, um, you know, I think you got big questions. at still a defensive tackle. I, I think you have big questions at linebacker. I think now you have bigger questions than ever at cornerback. And, um, you know, that's two-thirds of your defense. So um, we'll see what happens. They're going to be put to a big test on Saturday at Louisville without question. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, that's the other positive. I want to talk about the
15: positives, too, Gary, Um, more than anything. Things that I told you last week that I wanted to see that I actually did see. Number one, we won the game. I mean, we finally snapped a three-game losing streak and beat a team that we should have beaten last year. Um, I'm talking about there was no absolute reason we should have lost to FIU or to Duke or to uh, Louisiana Tech, but I guess we mailed it in and didn't care. Offense and defense not getting along. I mean, a lot of cancers on the team. I'm not trying to make excuses. What I'm just trying to say is these were the problems that were there. And I remember last year you had uh, talked to a a talent scout that said that there really wasn't much difference uh, from top to bottom in the roster between Miami and FIU. And and I don't know if you remember that or not, but I, I, I that really was alarming to me. That was alarming to me yeah. more than anything, because and then you talk about, you know, the people that love Butch. I mean, I loved Butch back in the day and so forth. And it's like, what is he finding that our guys are not able to find with the resources that we have compared to FIU? I mean, that's that's just and that goes back to who you have on your staff, uh, you know, finding these kids. And the other thing that we talked about last week, more than anything, that I'll get to in a minute, but I want to stick with the positives for right now. So, yeah, we won. Great. Number two, did we cover the point spread? Barely, but we covered it. Okay. That was great. Um, One thing that I'm hoping for is that I'm hoping we see more of the offense. I mean, because I kept looking and I was like, are we holding something back or are we just that Um, Deficient that he doesn't have the chess pieces To run the offense how he does Or how he wants to I mean I was trying to be devil's advocate with that one And I'm looking at it and I'm like Okay, when it got close to three points, he finally targets Brevin Jordan in the third quarter. I don't even think he was targeted before then. Maybe he was maybe one time. I'm trying to think about the game because I've only watched it once, and it was live, and, and you know, it was, I was trying to pay attention to everything. So maybe I should have gone back and watched it a second time. But until we got Jordan involved in that third Quarter. That's when I finally saw us pull away, and then I guess we mailed it in in the fourth quarter to run it. And the other question that I have is: Here you got those guys running the ball, and why in the world is Cam still in the game in the fourth quarter? I about had a stroke when he grabbed his knee. I, I saw. Yeah, I felt the same oh, way. Yes, brother. I mean, I mean, and, and you know what? The thing that got and me the Eric most, King whatever.
3: Was in the yeah. game for a while, probably a Absolutely. series longer than he needed to. Be.
15: I, I, yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, and, and, and do do you play that game like you just mentioned, Gary? You know, you really didn't have the spring reps and so forth. And, and you know, are you just trying to get guys as much as you can because this was your tune-up before the big game this week? And listen, Louisville is Louisville. I mean, they might be weak on the defensive side, but on that offensive side of the ball, you have got to respect it. There's a lot of Miami guys on that side. And I said this last week, this game is as big Um, as the Florida State game, from a perspective that you have lost great guys, great talented players that are playing still in the NFL today to Louisville uh, over the years. And this is a game where it's a recruiting thing, especially more than anything, uh, as you mentioned, with this dead period, which is just news to me. That blows my mind. And Miami definitely should take advantage of that, as they already have, with the visits and the coronavirus and everything in there. Now they just got to prove it on the field. Um, the other positive thing that I saw, with the exception of the boneheaded play by um, uh, uh, the receiver there, and, and his name just escapes my mind, but you're absolutely right with the discipline. Wait. I mean, why he was still in the game after something stupid like that just shows either the you know, there's no discipline which I, I don't I, – I mean, I might, I might uh, contradict myself with what I'm about to say, but at the same time, you pull his ass out of the game and let him sit there and think about because this is not an offense. We're not there yet where a 15-yard penalty um, uh, doesn't hurt our offense. I mean, we're, we're hoping to get third and short uh, more than anything, not third and long. And you saw in drives last week that it was third and long and, you know, might as well get the punter out there. Um, so so that right there was a little bit baffling. But at the same time, I'm going to contradict myself with something that I did see, was we were, for once, the team that didn't have more penalties than the other team that wasn't Florida State, who's just a boneheaded a bunch of morons when they play football. So... Um, So that was reassuring to me that for once, when we weren't playing Florida or Florida state, we were the team that had less penalties. I was actually very impressed with the offensive line from a standpoint that they um, were not getting stupid penalties. Um, There were very limited holding calls till the end when it got kind of a little bit sloppy, there weren't false starts and that's pretty good considering you didn't have those reps in a spring and so forth. So I was, I'm going to give them at least the positive in that regard. Now, the thing that really worried me more than anything, and we talked about it last week, who is your go to receiver? And they showed us actually less than what we thought, Gary. They actually did. They're, they're, it it was unbelievable.
3: It was unbelievable. I didn't feel there was a go to receiver before last Saturday night, I mean, last Thursday's game. And I'm even more convinced there's not now. And, um, you know, Rhett Lashley has a big challenge ahead of him to try to you know, milk something out of this group and he's gonna have to for them to win games this year. But it's not gonna be easy. They they will not get a lot of separation out there.
15: So let me ask you this, Gary. You know, we I talked about cornerback, I talked about linebacker. Are there any guys that are either committed to us right now or that you might hear might flip or anything that maybe could help us have that go-to that can step in there like one of these guys that you see step up for these other programs. Um, You know, you said South Florida has failed us in that regard with, you know, the misses that we've done. But we've got to strike. The iron's got to strike sometime, you know. I mean, you you got to hope, but we've been wanting this for a while. But my question is, is there anybody like an Amon Richards that could maybe be a game-changer for us? Because that's the last solid receiver, in my opinion, that we've had, and a damn injury took him away from us.
3: Well, you know, you got Romello Brinson, who I think has potential, Um does he end up being more than D. Wiggins? I don't know. We'll see. I mean, uh, it's hard. It's really difficult to predict that at, at this point. But you know, he is a planky guy that 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 does have some potential. Uh, Jacoby George is kind of like an unheralded kind of kid. That you know, probably. I mean, I think in you know you hope he ends up being kind of like say maybe what like a Brian Blades maybe was hopefully. Um, cool. on, you know, on the upside. So, you know, you I think you're hoping for that with him. Rashard Smith is the wild card. You know, he's a, he's a, a quick, uh, quick receiver who's going to be a, probably a slot guy. Um, and we'll just have to see how his game translates to the, the college level. But uh, right now I would have to say, no, I'm not convinced that, you know, you're getting an elite guy in that group of of, uh, wide receiver commits this year. Um, You just got to hope it's not more of the same. You got to hope it's it's a notch above what you're playing with right now.
15: Absolutely. I mean, it's just, and I hope you're right, and I hope that if there's a receiver out there that even is thinking about Miami, and if De'Ara King – you know comes back next year I don't I don't know how that's going to work out But I and a lot of it's what ifs but if That happens you know that Guy could maybe say hey Maybe I could I have this great quarterback And uh let me see what we can do And 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 depending if van dyne Or somebody else uh, van dyke excuse me Uh comes out there and uh and and can carry the mantra and so forth The Miami quarterbacks from here on out because we haven't had the consistency at that position in a long time. I I don't know if that could change somebody's mind. But any great receiver that is, I mean, either afraid of competition, I mean, it's it's such a double-edged sword when you say that because you want the guys to compete. But at the same time, you look at what's in the room right now, I I, if I was a stud receiver, I'd look at the program and be I can walk right in there and start day one. They don't have anybody that they go to at this moment. I mean, you look at uh, um, Harley, nice player, but he's just not been what what we wanted him to be in terms of a South Florida guy Pope. I mean, I, I said it last week, and that performance was as bad as you could get. Honestly, I mean, the, the, the punt and, and the contact, and I mean, I, I just, I, I just don't know about him. Jeremiah Payton, I'm still having my fingers crossed on. So I'm hoping maybe we see something more this week. And Wiggins is a possession receiver. I mean, he made a hell of a catch, dragged the foot in, and so forth on that one. On that one, but he disappeared after that. Other than the, the kicking another player and, and and got us a penalty because of it. Um, a couple more positives. I loved what I saw at Adirondack King. It was nice to have a leader out there. But like you said, he should he was out there way too long. Um, so I'm excited to see what he brings to the table this week, especially against a defense that I don't think they might have some athletes out there. But I think schematically they're better coached at UAB. They may not have the talent. Um, but I think that the defense we played last week was better and smarter and more experienced than the defense we're going to see this week. I I might be wrong, but that's what I'm thinking off the top of my head. And I really hope that we see the three headed tailback monster back there. Um, The other thing I was surprised about is why was cam in the game so late when Burns was available to take those reps, especially if you don't want to get the freshman. And I know that Burns has had a career where he's gotten hurt, but, I mean, I about just went apeshit when I saw uh, Cam clutch his knee, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Is this happening all over again, like Mark Walton, and we lose a guy right away uh, before it even starts? I I mean, it was just baffling to me, so I was impressed with the running game. Um, Offensive line did a little bit better, still has a long ways to go, like you said, Um, but the tight ends have got to be a factor. I mean, Brevin Jordan and Mallory needs to even play wide receiver at this point because they need both those guys out there at this point because the wide receiver core has failed you. I'm hoping maybe Redding steps up. I hope the X-Man steps up. I know that he's, you know, young. These guys are young. But, hey, the redshirt year doesn't count. It's got to be something better at this point. Another freshman on the defensive side of the ball that impressed me was Harrison Hunt. I mean, he looked huge out there. He reminded me a little bit of Calais Campbell with that 81, not as tall, but just standing up there and so forth. So I'm excited to see that guy in Hawley progress. But like you said last week, Gary, we it's kind of disappointing that they haven't passed the guys that are in front of them already but at least they turned it on in the game and i'm hoping that with more reps and a little bit more confidence they can get out there and make more of an impact on that defensive line and the defensive line like you said is key this week they have to get back there they have to stop their running game they have to disrupt the flow of that passing attack otherwise miami is going to get lit up back there more than anything
3: gary Well, hopefully uh, that doesn't happen. I agree with you that the possibility does exist. I mean, they they got a lot to show on Saturday night. Like I said, this is a massive, massive night for the entire program.
15: It is. It is. I'm going to give a score prediction real quick, Gary, and I'll let you go to get the other callers. Love the show as always, brother. Thanks for taking my call. I've got Arcane's winning. I'm going to go 38 to 28 uh, Miami. And uh, it's nice to finally have a punter and a kicker that you can rely on. That was my last positive that I didn't touch on. So I'm hoping that um, we can at least keep that continued going. And if the return game can meet that special teams lost us games last year, I think it's going to be a factor in games this year. And hopefully that side of the ball doesn't fail us because it was the difference between two or three games last year that make the record look a lot better. Anyway, go Canes.
3: Thanks for having me, Gary. Me All right, man. On. Great call. Give us, give us a buzz next week. All right, 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550 is the number. Hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go now to the 973. You're live on Team Sport Live, live tonight. Gary, Gary, Gary. What's up, Mr. Ross? How are you doing, man?
7: Turn that sound. You got some and, sound going uh,
3: in the background. We're hearing a, a double, like an echo. Uh, I'll so probably have to take you on. Crank that down if you uh, can. I ain't no way to do that, so I'm just going to put
9: you on my regular.
7: Um, All right.
9: Yeah, man. I don't, I don't appreciate that guy calling you and, and, and acting like it was me, man. I, 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 I didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> you
4: had what a little about?
9: copycat <laughs> there, yeah?
3: That
10: was funny. Yeah, I didn't, I he didn't, like I didn't appreciate that. But yeah,
3: here's the he likes to joke around. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's all right. It mean, it means you it means you've made an impression, Ross, so take it as a compliment.
10: I
9: don't think I've made an impression, but uh I think he was trying to make I think he was trying to make a point that, you know, you reinstated him and he wanted to, to surprise you a little bit, but he sounded nothing like me. He could have done it a little better. But it's all right. Well he's um you know,
3: he's he's legendary on our message boards and um Oh yeah, I he's ever, oh,
6: okay. I
3: yeah, I don't think he's ever called the show before, you know, so uh, I think it was oh, the first one. you must
6: abandon him so. for
3: reasons. He was legendary, but yeah, anyway, let's put, get
9: to put
6: some um, a But go ahead, man. What
9: you got? Hey, let's let's get into this a little bit. Um, like I said, I, I had no I, I had no reason to think that we was gonna lose that game or anything. So I, I you know, but hey, can can our guys make sure when if I when our running backs, I don't care who it is, run a a play after fifteen or twenty yards and they're Huffing and puffing, and they're coming back to the huddle. Can you not not give him the ball, the next play? I mean, what are we doing there? Why are you having him the ball after he just had a twenty yard run? He's getting the ball. I don't care if you're at the goal line or not. He's tired after one that, run. That, that was yeah. Not a, it was. What I'm saying, if you're if you've got to know that your running back is tired, and I know you're trying you to better score. Not
3: be tired after one twenty yard run,
9: but Gary. We do, we've been doing that for years, and I don't like it because we. Right. What happens the next play? You get, you get nothing out of it. You, you always get blown up right after that play. All right, now listen. I like my QB. I really do. But Gary, he's little, and he's real little.
3: He's scary little. He he, yeah, he might, might be different. five times. I mean, might be. <laughs> He's is scary, you know, and and, and and it's going to limit at times what you can do down the middle of the field because I'm not sure you can see the middle of the field, you know.
9: Yeah, I don't I don't need an NFL quarterback, but here's the thing, I'm questioning, and I like him, like I said, but I'm questioning. Can he can he can he complete all the throws? Does he have the does he
3: have, does he have the package? I don't know if he could throw.
11: He
9: yeah, might he not be know, able to throw most, the ball so in the, most
3: flat. Of the throws were to, to the outside. I I remember kind of one one ball sort of over the middle. But you got to remember Ross what you you know what you're comparing to I mean he's better than Jaron Williams from the Cozy Perry. oh he's one hundred percent he's hundred yeah. percent But so, I was just
9: saying so you, I'm a concerned about...
3: you you absolutely take the transfer and run with it,
9: yeah, and then you then you have Mike Harley, listen, I understand that he's fast. I understand that he's quick, but it's obviously that we cannot throw the ball deep to him because he's not going to be able to run onto the ball for one, he's not big enough. So you got to stop going back to him, keep going back to him on the deep balls. Can we find somebody else with a little bit of height that's going to be able to to run on that ball with his height?
3: They don't have anybody with with his speed. And that's a shame if that's the case. Pope Pope, Pope is a a little bigger, but Pope doesn't exactly get open. It's it's a big problem. It's a big problem.
9: But here's the thing. I know know he's a freshman.
3: But the kid from San
9: Diego is not a is not a spista.
3: We'll have to see how fast he is. I mean, you know, I don't think he's you know necessarily four four. Yeah, I mean he's he's a nice looking hey, prospect. You know, he looks like he has some potential, but yeah, you know, I don't know that four four. Like I don't know, you know, what well, it is. I watched
9: a lot of tape on him, and you know, I love you look four four to you yeah he looks pretty fast i mean he, he was he's considered. he was going to Washington state. Let's keep that in mind where they throw the ball every time down and they go, and and they and they go deep so I think they you know I'm a little concerned that we're taking kids and they're supposed to perform a certain way, but when we get them, they're not performing in that way.
3: It's a big you know? problem it's a, it's a big it's a big kind like talked about earlier it's a big problem that that the South Florida kids aren't rising up. Because team, you know we're, here's, taking here's, lot, we're taking a lot of them, and and hey. they got to be they got to be the heart of the football team. They have to rise up and 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 be better players than what they are right now.
9: There's another question. Um, I didn't I didn't hear the beginning of the show. All right, I didn't get the beginning of the show. So I actually got on when the guy was trying to act like he was, he was me. That's literally when I came on. He kind of threw me off because I thought you was going to come on yesterday, and I said let me check and see if you're on tonight, and he was. But um. Let me ask you this. I, so I didn't hear at the beginning of the show. Those two offensive linemen that opt out, did they opt out before the season even started, or they opt out when they found yeah. out that they, was, they weren't going to be part of the two deep?
3: No, they opted out. Um, I don't know if their position on the depth chart had anything to do with their decision, but they did opt out before the season.
9: Oh, okay. And also, about the kid, Williams, I could be wrong. I have you, You're going to correct me if I'm wrong but i heard some other stuff people are saying that uh, he's quitting he's quitting quite if you want to call it quit quit fine but i heard he it was almost like a team violation he had something to do with uh, with, with covid i think he you know he's been a 19 year old college kid in a sense you know what i mean uh
3: that's not what was said if that was the case um you know what 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 was said was that he had a problem with the fact that he wasn't starting and he didn't want to compete okay for it. Yeah. Okay. Because I mean, now we're yeah. getting mixed I have not in, uh, heard anything information that now. would suggest it was. It would, I have not heard a thing that would suggest it was COVID related.
7: Okay.
9: All right. Gary, um, help me with this. Our linebackers, right? Now I don't want to pick a nobody. I, I know a lot of people listen to the show. Got family members probably listening to the show, but our linebackers. Help me with this. Did McLeod look good or did he look bad? He
3: looked like a guy that hadn't played football in a year and a half, two. I mean, you know, he, he. No, he didn't look great. You, you know he just was kind okay. of so,
9: and the reason why I'm asking this because um, I'm at the point right now where if someone is better than anybody that we're playing, please put them in i'm not i don't wanna I don't wanna do this I don't wanna watch another year of we have the talent on the on the sideline, and we just gotta sit there and watch somebody
3: else play I'm, another I'm make the move on the on the o line you know they. He moved to Kai Clark in as a starter at left guard over uh, Austin Treor. I mean, great so, move, great move. That kid
9: played excellent. He played really well last year, and um, they say he lost his position before to start this year because he was a little he was a little banged up. So it's not like he it was anything that he did. He was just a little banged up.
3: So so, is, is so like they're they showing the willingness to make changes and and, and make moves. But I don't know yeah, how I many mean, options – all... I don't know that they have all the options that maybe you'd like to think they have.
9: It's not about me just thinking about options. I just don't want guys playing anymore. That just doesn't
11: belong on the
9: field. I look at McLeod, and he's getting beat. Yes, yes, he hasn't played in a while, but he's getting beat. He's getting beat. He's recovering. Like you, You haven't played in a while, but we also watched a lot of football this weekend. And I'm not calling this to be negative tonight because, actually, I enjoy the victory. A victory is a victory. And I'm, I, you know I am, Gary. I want wins and I want, I want everything when it comes to the cane. But I just don't – I need performance. And we want to be able to think that we could put the right guys on the field that's going to perform. And, and, and at this point right now, I just don't believe that we're doing that. I, yes, Ivy didn't get beat and he's not turning his head around. Let's get him off the field and play somebody else. Because I have to believe he's being taught to turn his head around, and it's not happening.
11: So why are we being extra patient? Because me and you both well, watch a lot
12: of basketball. Um, all you football.
3: have football. All you have behind him is DeCorey Couch, who has not played a ton of football. Right? And, so and that's the thing. you know, we 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 don't see every rep on the practice field, but maybe DeCorey Couch isn't ready to take that kind of load. You know,
9: crazy Darren, when again, when I watch other games this past week, and I'm watching Notre Dame, I'm watching North Carolina. They're putting their freshmen, I don't care what, what position, and they're not saying they didn't have a lot of reps. They're just they're just doing their best, and they're looking decent. How much reps did how much reps did the kid Sims had as far as summer, and he came out and performed decently against Florida State. How much reps did he have?
5: Who are
3: you talking about?
9: The the, the quarterback Sims for, for Georgia Tech.
3: Oh, a since Tech. um Yeah, I can't. I can't answer that. I don't have the answer to that. I don't know. Exactly.
9: But I'm just trying. To do, I'm just trying to give it a comparison.
3: of yeah. You saying you don't know how many how many reps they well, had? I mean, I he didn't even, have any. He had no. Basically, he, did, he wouldn't have had any experience.
9: And he and he came out and performed at his position
11: yeah.
9: a little better than guys who's been in the program for a while in our right. program. That's what I'm trying to say. Is, so,
3: I mean, great, great point. That doesn't mean it's going to work for everybody, but good point. It's not. It, what, it I'm is. It, it, not it, you know me. what you're I'm saying tired. is it's possible. Is what you're saying.
9: Yeah, I'm tired of it not working for us. I'm just tired of it not enough. We don't have enough of those guys that can get on the field when they're supposed to and perform. How many? How many times I'm just going to keep hearing you saying that and somebody else saying that? I'm just. I, it's, it's, I'm tired of that. I want kings. I want guys that can play canes football. I'm happy that we got to have them.
3: You got you got to have them. You have to have recruited them. And and that's, you know, that remains to be seen. I mean, the, the track record has not been great for many years now. So, you know, we'll we'll see how it goes from here. Listen, we're one to know, you know, and it's and it's one week at a time with everything that's gone on this year. Um, this game is going to tell us a lot Saturday night.
9: I wouldn't listen, honestly, I wouldn't be looking for a bunch of sacks. I wouldn't be looking for a whole bunch of sacks. I'll, if, at times, I'll give you an example. Why do I DN? Why do we still have our DN's cover
11: running backs?
3: It's because sometimes they blitz other guys, and the DN picks up. You know, the, if, you know, you got to have somebody covering somebody. You it can't, can't be IDN. You, you can't leave guys unaccounted for. So every now and then, I know, but it can't be IDN. So. So sometimes we may want it's to put not it to That's like a little wrinkle, Ross. I mean, that's not something they do a lot. Just hate to see it, and then
9: we get beat. We, we, we get beat with it. Hey, listen, I just want to go match for match. They're going to score. We're going to score. I want to believe that we have a little better defense than they do, and um, this ain't the time to, to hold anything back. I get tired when I keep hearing um, we've been holding stuff back for this week and we've been holding stuff back for next. I'm tired of hearing that. Um, let's 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 show people we could play. Um, our recruits are watching. It's important that we we get off to a two and zero start because I think if we get off to a two and zero start, we have a possibility of being three and zero. Because I love to see what happened to Tallahassee last week. I know everybody enjoyed that. <laughs> that was enjoyable. And if
3: we go ahead, all right, and start well, big 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 week Saturday, and uh, let's see what happens. And give us a call next Tuesday. All right, man, and get, keep me on hold. The only I got—I didn't look at the, the schedule. The only reason we moved the show this week was because of the Miami Heat playoffs. Because I mean, everybody—I mm-hmm. know everybody wants to watch the Heat game. So if the Heat—I didn't look to see what the schedule is next week. But if if, if whatever night the Heat game is not, that's when we'll have the show.
9: And that bubble—that bubble produced Game Seven. How big time was that? Yep, big wow.
3: time. Yeah, big time. All right, Ross, yeah, We'll see we'll you next week. Yep, we'll talk to you. Next right, week. Thanks for being part of the show as always. Let's go out to the, the shit nine just five. Shit has got red car. All right, man, that's uh that's twice I've tried to come to you. I might give you one more shot. Let's go to the three oh one. You're live on Kane Sport Lives. Hey Gary. How you doing? Who's this?
10: Hey. Oh, it's Aaron from Maryland. I rarely call hey, it I just wanted to sprinkle a little positivity in here. I think uh, Knighton and Cheney look really, really good. And uh, I think that's one of our downfalls as a team, besides uh, unrealistic expectations all the way around, is I can see that position where iron sharpens iron. I can see good guys battling it out and making each other better. But – On a positive note, I mean, we have a bad offensive line, and we ran for over 300 yards. And I think King, his skill set, he can cover up a lot of our deficiencies. But the only thing I'm worried about with him is that they're going to run him too much. I'd rather him just run on a passing play that's not meant to be and just get the yardage and slide. He can definitely pick up a lot of first downs for us. And maybe I'm in the minority here, but I think UAB is a lot better than people think. They return 10 starters, and I don't understand what people really want. I mean, it's a new offense that's totally different than anything we've ever tried to run. We don't even really know if we have the linemen or some other players that are going to fit this thing. But it's it's always the same problem with this situation it's one step forward and two steps backwards whether it's unforeseen injuries or guys leaving early that have no business leaving early and that's just really hurt us so I'm I'm willing to give them a few more games with COVID because to me this system looks like it needs repetition reps and reps and reps and I think they'll get better I'm shockingly surprised at Manny Diaz because the recruiting seems way better than it really should. But I I know a lot of people really want rump out of here. And it's it's a weird thing because it's like Monday morning quarterback. Everybody can complain about what happened, but look at it from the other side. Okay, let's say we don't have Harris in there. We have a different guy in there and he fumbles. Then everybody's going to say, well, why was that guy in there? You know, I understand we want to get the youth involved, but we really want to get the W. So I can understand the coaching staff going with guys who have practiced more and have a better understanding. But if we're going to start axing people, I think we ought to get rid of Blake James because he's never really been anybody. And that's part of the problem. If you look at the coaching staff, who has really been in a position higher than what they're in right now? Pretty much no one. So everybody is either a first-time guy at the position or over their head. And I don't know of any business in America that can be top to bottom with people who have never done a job on that level and expect elite results. But anyway, I, I, I don't see anybody other than maybe Jed Fish, and maybe I forgot someone, Who's left for the NFL or for even a higher position or even a better school? That's part of the problem, that nobody really wants our coaching staff. And if people want to get rid of Rump, that's fine to say, but no one ever has a suggestion of a realistic alternative. Who do they think we can bring in here that one oh, here's one name Well, I, I'm just a regular guy on the couch, you know. I love the hurricanes yeah, and I don't Roland know all Smith the time.
3: We don't we, you know we can't answer that question. We don't know. But that's a name that right. has come up.
10: Okay. And you know, just real quick, but I'm gonna get off here. I know you have a lot of calls and people wanna call in. But I'm not really tripping over this C Williams kid, because the same thing with our coaching staff. Almost all the players that leave here they never really end up going to the NFL or to big name schools or they never really blow up anywhere. I mean, you could say cager or different people, but it's very, very limited. So I just feel like, Hey, if you're not with us, you're against us, either be down or lay down. I'm out, Gary. All right, man. Thank you
3: for being part of the show. Yep. All right, guys, I had a chance to talk to Manny Diaz this week and, um, you know, kind of talk to him about the opportunity of going to Louisville and, and also, you know, did he, did he feel like playing UAB, a little bit more high quality of opponent on opening night, paid dividends in terms of the development of the team? And um, I just wanted to really quick uh, let you hear what he said.
1: Uh, the first part of your question, I mean, there's tremendous value in beating UAB. I mean, I don't know if anybody believed me, but I kept saying before we played them that they're a really, really good football team and they have really good football players. And, and watching them in person, the running back's a really good player. The wide receiver is a really good player. Their offensive line did a really nice job. Um, defensively, I mean, there, there will be defenses we play this year that aren't as good as their, as their defense. They, they won't lose many more games this year. But to your point, just getting that adversity, getting that challenge, look at, look at college football on Saturday. I mean, there's not as many these games. Sometimes we call upsets. Sometimes they are not as much of an upset as, as we think they are. So um, our guys learned a lot. Um, they were, they were certainly tested. And, and, and I think we will be better for that um, going into game two. Now, in terms of um, everything you're saying surrounding the game, um, you know, that's exciting. I mean, our guys come to Miami to be in those type of atmospheres in, in terms of, I know the fans will all be there, but in terms of game day and whatnot, but um I think you mentioned something about, you know, prestige and these type of things. As you know, that's always a moving target. You know, I mean, whatever happens, what's important this week, there's something more important than the following week. So um, the focus still has to be on playing a football game against Louisville's football team. And, you know, and all the sideshow stuff really won't matter once uh, we get the
3: kickoff. Also had a chance to talk to Manny about the departure of Christian Williams. And here's what he had to say on that. Topic. Obviously we got the news yesterday or, reported
8: news that uh, Christian Williams is no longer the team Uh, I guess can you just comment on that are there going to be any position changes to try and help out the cornerback spot how do you deal with that and then any particular reason I guess that you think he might have left it was uh, uh, maybe an illness or just a depth chart issue
1: I mean I you know sometimes it's just a fit you know and and, um, Christian's a, a good young man comes from a good family Um, but ultimately comes down to competition on green tree practice field. And that's what everybody wants, right? That's what everybody says, you know, if we want the way it used to be one time and uh, you got to be able to compete, you got to be able to be the best version of yourselves. And we've had nothing but competition. And, and, you know, one thing we pride ourselves as a secondary is, is playing the most competitive guys. And um, I like the guys we got. I like the guys we roll with. I love the way that Isaiah Dunson is competing. You know what I mean? I think he'll be in the mix. Uh, more and more as the season goes on, just like Brian Balaam. I think those two guys, for young guys, really have a competitive spirit. But, um, look, this thing totally transformed. Look at our pass defense number since 2016. We know what we're doing when it comes down to stopping the pass. And I love the guys we got. I love the guys we got back there. I think they feel the bond. You know, it's it's important to have any type of secondary play. you got to know that everybody out there has got your back. Everybody out there is going to compete at a high level. The only way they know that is by what happens on that practice field right outside that window. So, um, like I said, I, 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 I wish Christian the best. Um, I think mean, he's got a good future ahead of him, but, uh, but I think so do we. All
3: right, so that was Manny Diaz on, on those two topics. Got a, a last call for calls for tonight, 563 999 3550. 563 999 3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Um, so get in now if, if you want to come on tonight. I'm going to touch now on the topics that were uh, given to us by the posters at Kanesport.com for tonight's show. Do you believe Manny Diaz should be more hands-on to save this defense for perhaps the season? On a scale of one to ten, how concerned are we about Satterfield's Louisville offense versus this Manny Baker defense? Um, more hands-on. The first thing I would say is he is hands-on, and I think you know we've had a lot of comments. In, in that regard tonight and like, I wouldn't be thinking along the lines of some of you guys are thinking um, this without question is Manny Diaz's defense. I think Blake Baker has the opportunity to add some wrinkles as he sees fit and bring them to Manny, but I don't think there's anything going on on the defensive side of the ball that Manny Diaz is not signing off on. Um, so if you want to call it the Manny dash Baker defense, I'm okay with that. I, you know, I think that's, that's more um, appropriate. Now, you know, concerned about how Satterfield's Louisville offense is going to do against this defense? Yeah, um, you know, the, the poster said he's at a nine. I, I'd say I'm right there with him. I, I mean, this this team is very explosive. They have some very good skill athletes, and they have a, a phenomenal scheme. And um, Satterfield can really dial it up. And I think Louisville is going to move the ball on on Saturday night. And Um, I think the defense is going to be susceptible at times and and this figures to be a shootout and it's going to be really interesting to see how both sides of the football team hold up against that kind of pressure. Can the offense keep pace scoring Um, Can the defense hold them down a a little bit. So um, we're going to learn a lot about the 2020 Miami hurricanes on Saturday night. I don't think there's any question about that. If it played out any other way, I think it would be a surprise. So, um, you know, we'll be able to come back here next week with a lot more um, definitive words about this 2020 defense. What impact on a scale of 1 to 10 is Lashley going to have short and long term on this team? Um, Well, I mean, the thing I would say to that is he, without question, has the opportunity to register a 10 in that regard. I mean, he's got total control of that side of the ball. Uh, He was entrusted to install his up-tempo spread offense, and it's his show. I mean, I don't think Manny's micromanaging that side of the ball at all. So he's going to have a chance to have a 10 impact, and we're going to start to see if he can do that in 2020 on Saturday night for the reasons that we just talked about. Uh, Long-term, I mean, look, he came here trying to get back on the big stage. Let's face it. He was at Auburn. um, I guess had a parting of the ways with Gus Malzahn. Had to spend a couple years going to UConn and SMU before he got the opportunity to come back to the big show. You know, Saturday night, he's back on national TV in a a big Saturday night, 7.30 game. And that's why he's at Miami. Um, So how long is he going to be here? Um, I think if he has a lot of success, Probably be some SEC programs that might come calling for him. You know, we'll have to see. Um, I don't think he's here for one year and a cup of coffee, though. I, you know, I do think he'll be here a couple years uh, at least, and uh, then we'll see what happens from there. Um, You know, kind of just tough to predict past, you know, the next couple years. Um, Are we confident that he was holding back plays against UAB knowing Louisville was coming up this week? Uh, Yeah, I think he held back passing game. Uh, I don't think there's any question. That was extremely vanilla what we saw thursday night and the results weren't there so i would expect to see a lot more uh in that regard this weekend and um you know we'll see what it looks like and talk about it next week who's to blame for the poor recruiting and depth at cornerback is mike Rump on thin ice this year with the cornerback room in disarray mediocre recruiting and lack of on-field results i mean i'm not going to say the cornerback room is in disarray i mean because christian williams left i mean, obviously that was not a good development for the program. I don't think there's any, any question at all about, about that. Um, But program in disarray. I don't, I don't think I would say that. Um, Mediocre recruiting. I mean, if Al Blades and DJ Ivy don't step up and the Corey Katz doesn't step up, hell yeah, it's mediocre recruiting. So uh, we'll have to see if one of those guys rises up and turns into a real, you know, top shelf frontline cornerback this year. Um, But if if it doesn't happen, absolutely. That's mediocre recruiting. And, yeah, the on-field results were very average on opening night. Uh, That's very fair criticism and a very fair question to be better this week or else Miami is going to get out of that football game very quickly. Would Mark Pope be a much better cornerback than wide receiver? Absolutely not. He's uh, nowhere near physical enough to be a defensive player. Uh, If Mark Pope's going to make it in college football, it's going to be as a wide receiver. All right, here we go, 563-999-3550. It's going to be our last wave of calls for the night. I see we got a couple uh, that jumped in here while I was talking. So let's go to the 904. You're live on Kane Sport Live. 904, you with us? Going on once, going on twice. All right, um, next week, let's try the 386. You're live on Kane Sport Live.
2: Hey, how we doing tonight?
3: Doing great. Is this?
2: All right, this is Willie. I didn't know you was on tonight. I hope no one is um the question I was calling to ask, I hope no one has already asked the question because I didn't know you was on tonight. But no,
3: what give, I wanted give to ask shot. you about it anyway.
2: Okay, the, what I wanted to ask you is is how is it that uh a guy like Tutu Atwell at Louisville, who played quarterback in high school, has only been at um, the receiver position for two years. We're game planning for him, and we have a bunch of four and five star recruit uh, receivers at Miami who was four and five star recruits. And Louisville is not game planning for any any of our receivers. I can't understand that.
3: And that you know that's a great question it, it did come up earlier a little bit but uh you know it is a phenomenal question and it comes down to recruiting and it comes down to evaluation and whoever was recruiting um you know Miami high it, it, that that season didn't get the job done cuz you know you got to be able to to watch that and see to to Atwell and say, this kid can be a receiver. Like the NFL is going to do that with the King. I mean, no one's no one's evaluating the King as an NFL quarterback. He's being evaluated as a potential slot receiver and he's either going to be good enough or not good enough. And yeah, you, you got to be able to find, find kids like that. Uh, you know, we, we've done it here at Miami in the past. Uh, one guy that comes to mind was Roscoe Parrish. I believe he was a high school quarterback. So um, I'm going on memory on that one, but um yeah, lots of times teams take their best athlete and put them at quarterback in high school, and you know you got to be able to identify kids like that that are going to be elite players at the next level. And Tutu Atwell was a great find by Louisville and has meant everything to that program.
2: Hey, last I just have a comment. I'll, I'll tell you, I I didn't know you was on tonight. I say that again, but this is an awesome show. I enjoy listening to it. Maybe you huh, should thanks. think about doing it year. Maybe you should think about doing it year round.
3: Well, you know what? We we do spot it in here and there when there's enough to talk about, but you know, and I and I, and I agree with you. It's we're we're so happy we started this show and people like it. Um, what I don't want to do is overdo it and have bad shows to where it loses its effectiveness. And and um so, you know, in the, in the middle of the off season when there's not a lot to talk about, there's not a lot of point in in you know, doing a 2-3 hour, you know, talk show.
2: Okay, but the last thing I want to say, I'm still with Manny. I I supported the hire when they hired him. I think the jury is still out on him. But asking you hypothetically, have we had a coach that since Butch Davis that know how to evaluate talent and develop talent, in your opinion?
3: Not the way Butch did it. No, no, we haven't. Not the way Butch did it.
2: All right, like I say, I enjoy your show. Look forward to uh, listening in next week.
3: You got it, man. Give us a call next week. All right, last uh, last call of the night. Let's go to the four one nine. You're live on Cain Sport Live. How you doing, Gary? Doing great. Who's this?
6: Uh, this is Mo from the four one nine.
3: Hey, what's up, Mo? What you got for us?
6: I'd say it's kind of funny. We just saw you just were talking about recruiting, and I think sometimes you get a guy like an Atwell, and it's about the scheme that he's put into as well as player development. I mean, some of these kids, they may come in undersized or maybe they're deficient here, but you get the right coach there. He puts him in the right scheme, and there's player development. Because sometimes I see our team, and, and, I, and I do agree with you, we are getting second-tier recruits in South Florida. We really are. We're getting poached by the big schools. But I see us losing the teams that – are much worse off than we are if you're looking on the stars or the recruiting aspect. And it makes me wonder, is there a thing, maybe our scheme, our scheme is off, or maybe the player development. Because you see some kids come in and they just never get better. I mean, some of these old linemen we had come in were promising prospects and they just never developed into anything. Or you've seen guys come in and they really didn't do much at Miami, like, like for instance, like a Sean Charles Henderson, and, and then the guy goes, and he's starting his rookie year. Um, a Brandon Linder, he's at center he was, he was the highest-paid center in the game a few years. And at Miami, I mean, he was okay, but, I mean, he was nothing special. So, sometimes I think that boils down to development as well as re- recruiting. Recruiting, there's, there's many facets of recruiting. Obviously, you want to get the, the, the big, big talented recruits. But if you can't, if you are getting second-tier guys, you better be damn good at developing them. That, that's just one of my thoughts. Mm-hmm.
3: Um. I, I think you're making a good game, point. I, I, you know, I think some, I think it's a combination of a lot of things. I think some yeah. guys develop as they get older, and I think Brandon Linder kept getting better as he got mm-hmm. older. He was never an All-American in college, but sure. you know, ended up becoming the highest-paid center in the NFL. Um, to mm-hmm. me, the biggest problem the program has had is recruiting evaluation, and yeah. you know, just wasting way too many scholarships. And the program's essentially, mm-hmm. in my mind, been on. Um, you know, self-imposed probation for many, many years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
6: yeah, I I would agree with that. Um, And as far as this week's game, I I, I tend to think that I really believe Lashley was very vanilla last week, and I think it's going to open up a little different. Um, There's going to be some rust. I mean, of course, you haven't had a spring ball. You've got a new quarterback working with guys he's unfamiliar with. Um, He didn't have the luxury of a spring practice to really get to know these kids. But there were some things that were really that you could be optimistic about. The running backs ran hard, all three of them. I mean, those kids, they, they, they put their foot in the ground. They made nice cuts. I mean, you've seen yards after contact. Um, the freshmen weren't taking negative losses on run plays. Um, the thing I was really impressed with, the offensive line, I, I don't think there was a holding call all game. And
2: you know, we didn't have
6: any false starts on the offensive line, which last year used to drive me nuts. We'd have a hold or a false start. And it just puts you in binds and kills drives. Well, I think that I think they're going to open up this week a little bit more, probably lean on their tight end, I would imagine, because he is probably your best receiver you have on offense. And I think you'll see a much sharper king. I, I, the kid strikes me as a gamer, and after what, last week, he knew that he missed some throws. As a matter of fact, I think that was Peyton that he missed wide open in the end zone. I mean, the play was drawn up beautifully, <clears throat> and he just simply missed the kid wide open there down in the red zone um also a guy pointed out earlier caller um could do more as a runner even a couple of those read options he had nothing but green if he if he he, he keeps that ball and i'm sure when they watched film and went over that he saw it i mean he could do a lot of things and and honestly i'm not for him taking hits but listen get your 10 15 yards get down i I think the offense honestly i'm not sold on I, i don't care what louisville did they changed their defense they did this they did that yeah, I think they're athletic. Maybe they have some kids that are athletic on the defense, but I think they could definitely be scored on. But the thing that concerns me, can our defense slow them down enough? That scares me. Because for our defense to be successful this week, we have to get a pass rush. That's the bottom line. I don't necessarily think our back seven is good enough. I mean, I don't think our linebackers or our secondary is good enough. I think we're going to have to get pressure to help those kids out. And the Williams – um yeah, it is kind of a blow. I mean, any minor thing that happens in one of these DBs, you could get a trace thing with this COVID, you lose a guy, and then all of a sudden you're forced to push a freshman in as a starter, you know, or let's say a slot corner or something like that, you know, and it, it it's really rough. And I would probably guess that they're going to get three safeties on the field since the safeties have a little more experience as opposed. But, I mean, I don't know. But that's the thing that really scares me about Louisville is – if they get time to throw the football, I could see them picking us apart, and that does scare me. It's a concern. Yeah,
3: this is going to be a huge test. <clears throat> um, you know, big, just a big game for both offense and defense. And um, yeah. I think it's a swing game of the season. I said this at the beginning of the show. I mean, it absolutely is a swing game. This This game will tell us whether Miami is going to be – a, a real challenger in the ACC this year or just another middle of the pack team? I would totally
6: agree. I, I'll tell you the thing, though. I, I think Louisville offensively will push us as hard as we're going to get pushed other than Clemson. I mean, I, I think, you know, they're kind of offensively on that cheer with North Carolina. Just different offenses, but similar. I mean, there's a lot of team speed. They have a quarterback who can do both things with the ball. He's a dual-threat guy. he got a fifteen, 1,600-yard rusher who's got a little bit of speed, pop to him. Um, Louisville's offense honestly scares me more than anyone else in the conference other than a North Carolina or a um, or a Clemson. I mean, and that's Notre Dame anywhere on down. I mean, those other offenses do not scare me at all. That's why this week I think it is, it's a big thing for the defense. Honestly, I would like to see this team next week as opposed to this week, but it's here. Um, and, and the kids have to rise the occasion, but I, I do, you're, you're right, I think it's a measuring stick. because if, if you can play very well against Louisville, And you can slow their offense up just enough, get enough stops where you can maybe where they're at. And and that's the thing I I forgot to bring up. I mean, I'm hoping with this new play calling system where we're generating more plays. I'm just praying to God we don't go three and out, three and out, three and out really fast. That definitely wouldn't be good. But if we can get these plays running first down, first down, you're, you're running this quick tempo offense. I'm hoping in the third quarter or in the fourth quarter it pays dividends and we just wear that defensive ass out. That That's kind of what I'm praying happens in this game, that we can get enough stops and just wear them out and just pull away late.
3: Yeah. All right, well, we'll see what happens. Uh, give, us a call next, give us a call next week and we'll talk about it. Absolutely. Sounds great. All right, man. All right, guys, All that's right. going to be it for tonight. Um, you know, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. A lot of really good calls. Um, and um, a lot of really good topics that we uh, worked through this evening. Uh, we'll be back next week to slice and dice up this um, this Louisville game and and um, see how the Canes do. You know, like I've been saying all night, this is this is a pivotal game of this season, and it's going to be interesting just to see has the program taken a step forward from 2019. And I think Saturday night's going to answer it. So until next time, I'll say good night, everybody. we